Welcome to Vegas, guys. Made it. Chris, Max, Chris, Dylan. This is the biggest podcast we've ever done. There's a lot of people here right now. See how it goes. Dude, we all we all got off planes like you know a couple hours ago. Yeah, right, right here. Everybody just landed, right? Yeah, Yeah, four-hour flight. That's fun. Why don't Chris? Why don't you introduce yourself? Start with Chris, and then we'll end up at Dylan. Introduce yourself, backstory. Yeah, so I came from the legacy market. My name's Chris uh, from Ghostbuster Farms. Came from the legacy market. Now I'm in the commercial market in uh, Michigan, the metric market there, and uh, more on the craft side, I'd have to put it towards, instead of like the uh, heavy commercial side. So uh, 300 light facility, nothing too big, nothing too small. But, uh, you know, proud to be part of the fam over here. It's been great. What you guys have been doing isn't, you know, changed my life. So, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. Max? Yeah, me and Dylan have been to your spot. Fucking kill it, dude. So, props, props. I mean, we see a lot of spots and, you know, game changer. But Max Britt, um, I've been working with you for probably a couple of years now. Um, like you, came from the legacy market, caregiver stuff, and uh, ran a couple of big grows uh, there in Michigan for a couple of years. And, um, you know, started my Instagram real early, Dankums Hunter, and now working with the family, dude. Never been better. Nice. Chris Duran, formulator here for Athena. Uh, I work here with these guys. This is really what I'm doing. I, I, you guys have problems, ideas, concepts. Um, we try to distill them down into solutions. And, you know, you guys are kind of here on this podcast today because, you know, you help find solutions to problems with us. So thanks to you guys, I'm here. Okay. Dylan Knapp, uh, Mint Master on, on Instagram. Um, been with Athena for actually just over a year, you know, facility advisor. Um, get to work with the, with the growers, black market grower myself. Proud to be um, in Michigan as well. So uh, glad to be on another podcast. It's dope. It's cool. You're doing genetics though too, right? Genetics, doing genetics, doing uh, just doing a little bit of everything. Getting getting heavier into the genetics, you know, along with the market, which we'll talk about and stuff like that, you know, just breeding's always been a passion. Do you have a partner in that business? I do, Mobile J, shout out. He's downstairs taking a nap. (laughs) (laughs) I get to meet the second half of this. That was my podcast, Mobile J. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what's what's going on with that? Because are you guys, the DEA switched the law on what it is as far as cuttings and seeds. You're able to ship online? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So, like, we personally don't ship genetics, I mean, that often. I mean, I I hook my homie up once in a while if he needs something, right? But, like, there's a ton. Like, we're working with some, uh, Clone America, shout out to Clone America. They're in the Athena family as well um, out of Colorado. We, We, Jay and I work with them over there. They ship worldwide. So, like, we get our genetics over to them, right? We hunt stuff, we find stuff, we get it over to them. And then, you know, they take it from there. And that's just a personal thing. I don't want to deal with mailing. It's busy doing enough on the plate, you know what I mean? But there are a lot of companies now that are, yeah, legally shipping stuff all over. What is that, like, DEA rescheduled, what it means? Do you know anything about that? Uh, a little bit. So they basically they're looking at, like, the THC percentage in it. So they're considering it, like, in between of, like, a CBD to a THC. So yeah. Or, like, a hemp-wise. So it, it's easier to ship uh, and not really, I mean be honest, I had some uh, a bunch of cuts shipped to me, and I was sitting there, and I was at my facility, and I was shipping to my personal home address, 
and I'm sitting there, and I get a federal agent that calls me. And they're like, hey, uh, uh, Christopher Michael? I was like, yes, who is this? And they're like, um, this is so-and-so uh, from the postmaster. And I was like, oh, postmaster, okay, well, what's, what's going on? And they're like, no, I'm a federal agent with the postmaster. We're confiscating your package for, uh, for marijuana. I was like, what are you talking about? And then they're like, this is marijuana. I was like, no, it's not. I was like, there's actual license in there for the hemp. I was like, so I'm going to come pick it up. They're like, well, we already destroyed it. So they destroyed a bunch of cuts right there. And I actually drove down there to try to get them. They're like, Psh, they wouldn't even let me in the door. How long ago was that? Six months ago. Yeah, but I think three months ago. It was. So that's how, how much it's changed because I've had stuff sent to me, like my personal address since then. Not even a question. And it's coming from the same place that they told me that where it came from they were basically like already like anything that came out of that facility or where those were coming from were getting flagged immediately, waiting till it got to the destination. But it's crazy that they're able to call your cell phone. It was to my, my address, but they were able to get my cell phone number, right? Which that's really what kind of was like, I mean, they know everything already is, oh, yeah. as it is. But they already flagged you. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, the novelty items, the seeds, you know, so so we shipping seeds is no big deal, right? So like we ship we ship seeds. The problem still lies in with the banking. You know, I don't want to put too much info out there, but we are first seed drop. Let's just say that all that money got seized. We didn't get a dime. That's because you dealt with PayPal. We dealt with PayPal. Yeah, yep. yeah, we dealt with PayPal. But the, but but trying to set up anything through a bank, even with that right now, is we've been going Credit through it's, it's, a pain, yeah, I mean, it's a pain in the butt. State backed banks. Yeah, in, uh, in Michigan, I mean, we all have to have it for, you know, the license side. So there's a couple credit unions that are very friendly and, uh, you know, we'll look out for you. But at the same point in time, uh, what you're doing, you can still go through the I can give you the name of the credit union that we're using. They'll take it. They'll use you as a cannabis business. No problem, right? But um, the problem is for how you guys are going through on, like, the website of accepting payment. You're not just gonna throw your ACH information up there. Right. Compared to like a click and a pay where it's easy for PayPal and the other places to be yeah. able to, it's to a, do yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. it was def definitely, a, definitely a rookie mistake for sure, but a lot. Okay. Yeah, a lot, <laughs> a lot of money. Now, just from my understanding, with a few months ago, three to four months ago, the DEA rescheduled to where you now, like a hydro store, now obviously check with an attorney, right? But Hydro store, retail store can sell seeds over the counter. Doesn't matter. The genetic just matters that it's under 0.3 THC. Cuttings over the counter that's completely legal. As long as you can't take that cutting and test it and it doesn't test over 0.3 THC, then you can sell it. And that's why you're seeing a lot of these companies that are shipping nationwide. Um, clones, cutting seeds. It's just like opening the door. And I think there's a lot of people sleeping on it. Oh, there are. There, there, my email gets my work email randomly. I, I don't even know these companies bought someplace in Boston. There's the, all these clone companies. I'm constantly getting spammed emails yeah. now. It's insane. Yep. And it's, yeah, it's crazy. Just because of the new regulation. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. I know there's a lot of companies that are doing some stuff right now that, that are going to be pretty interesting. So we, you guys are from Michigan. And Michigan the, strong. What's the Michigan market like right now? 
It depends, you know. Grow some good weed, still get some decent prices. You only have 100 lights in the trap, you know, you could still get... I mean, you got a lot of lights, and you still get a good price for it. But I mean, it's but it's a supply and it's a supply and demand thing. Like hit or miss. I, I've shut down a lot of lights because like I'm not gonna oversupply, right? Like I'm not gonna like yeah. I, I put, try to put my heart and my time into my rooms and good, good flower, just like you know. I mean, and and we still get paid. You still get good tickets, good fire, good weed that's smoking. It still gets good tickets. You know, and and uh, I know a lot of other guys that are more on the smaller side that they put their time in and they're getting good. If it's smoking, it's you're getting good prices. But there's a lot of people that that you know, for lack of better terms, aren't getting that that product. And that's where when you get when you when you go out of the category of fire and you fall into this, we'll call it mid's market. You're in that what six hundred to a thousand dollar per pound, most flooded are, at that six hundred to a thousand. On the like metric side, right? You know, there's a there's a lot of issues there. There's a lot of people that, if you go and talk to them, like as a facility wise, and you ask them like where their labor's at and what it costs for them to like uh, produce a pound, like trim done, like it doesn't matter. Like what what's your you know PPE? What's your licensing cost? What's everything? I think I've had maybe three people be able to actually answer that question. Out of that, and a lot of people overdo. Uh, where they're at on that and then they're just putting out what they need to put out and they're just trying to hit numbers but they're not even doing that because hey okay you know I was with a facility that their whole entire thing had hop laden set them back I don't know how long they're back right now their whole entire facility went down like the entire and it's a huge facility and like I don't want to say anything on camera I'll tell you guys who it is off camera because, uh, but yeah, I mean, this devastated this company, and it's uh, it's 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 crazy what can happen in the market, you know. Yeah, there's uh, no room for error, right? No, no there's, there's zero not. room for error. I mean, even if you grow good weed too, you gotta have a name for yourself, you know. So yes, any new guy that walks in still growing fire, like it just doesn't really matter, you know. So some of these guys that have been around that have a name for themselves, or people know, you know, they can sell their weed. So it's I really mean, it's really where the market's at. Right in, now. in metric, you look at the. You know, Chris, you know, he had a, you, you had a brand in, you know, in the legacy market, right? There's a, a lot Let's of... Let's call it what it is, trap. I yeah. had a, a brand in the trap, and that's where, you know, I came from, and I think it's also the respect from that, and I'm not going to put something in uh, a bag that isn't going to, that I wouldn't smoke just to get a, a number on it. If it doesn't make the, I've had, I've had. You called? I still remember that phone call. Yeah, I've, I've had runs where I've gotten <laughs> genetics from breeders, and Literally had like 36 lights going on a hundred light room. I'm like, I'm fucking running all of this into hydrocarbon. Like, I'm done. I'm not doing it. Not putting anything out with my name. I not a live present. Like, just like trim. Like, you know, flower. It's it's not worth it because that's where you can really mess your name up in the market. And there's not a lot of cultivators that aren't looking uh, and doing things different. And so to saying like, I run 10 tables, hundred light room. 100 light rooms and I'm not like now I'm looking at it I'm like okay this one's going to be for rosin this one really is good for hydrocarbon so I'm going to use these two tables these two tables and all this is sellable flour that I'm going to you know pre-pack and do whatever with there's not a lot of people that are trying to think of that and scale of that and get different you know skews out and try to actually make it but if you're not working with the the right people in the right company and the like I mean like with you guys as like facility advisors too like not just like, you know, Athena is like a company itself. 
it's different. Like it's different than any other company that I've ever worked on. Not it's more than nutrients, you know, like that's the thing. It's, it's way, it's, it's so built above that. Like I can call either you guys and I'm sure I could call Brandon or Chris even at like whatever time, you know, say, Hey, I'm having a problem. This is what's going on, you know, and, and I'll get that answer or at least be able to bounce it back with somebody. And sometimes it's that second voice. It's not, we don't know everything, right? But if we bounce ideas off each other, we can figure it out together. I mean, I've talked with JJ. I've never met like yeah. him personally, but like I've like been like, yo, Dylan and Max are ignoring my phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> Just but, but there, but have, there have been multiple times where like, Bro, we stay busy. So, so, so like you may call me, right? And what you don't see is like, I call Max and Max can't figure out, he calls Henry. Henry's like, I don't know, I'm calling Chris. Yeah. Chris is like, no, it, it, but that's, and, then, and then it relays back really bad, all back you to you like a big snake. <laughs> no, Henry, Henry's the best filter though. He really is. Yeah. He's like, no, I've got this. This is fine. Yeah. I'll, never, the... I'll never forget the time where we were sitting in a meeting and uh, you know, they were a company that we were talking to was like, I mean, what's stopping us from breaking this down and making this ourselves? And you were like, you're looking at it, you know, okay. these guys, yeah. these guys right here, yeah. you know, so it, it speaks volumes, you know, what we, what we do as a team, not just the product we put out. So it's the experience. So you're saying mids are between 600 to 1,000 right now in Michigan. Right? I'd, I'd say that's legal and black market. Yeah. Is, yeah. is Caregiver on par with Metric? Look, yeah. It's the same, about the same pricing across the board. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say same pricing. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I think that it's just like me being honest. I think that, that Caregivers grow better weed. I, I do. I, I hate to say it. Well, like, they, they, they don't have as much to manage. Yeah. Well, yeah, but yeah. it's it's listen, there's so much and I I'm going to take that back. I don't hate to say it because the thing is is that there's so many you know corporate sides that are just looking at this as like a, a nominational amount instead of like putting it in like love into it. I mean, shit, I talked to Jay and it's like that's the only guy I can call at like three o'clock in the morning and he's up in his room because that's when he works. Yeah. So, you know, he's a late night kind of guy, but that's that's it. It's like there, there's uh, caregivers, like the caregiver crafted is, I think, the, some of the best, you know, market stuff that's on the market right now, personally. Myself. Yeah, because, I mean, me, you, our homie can work in our garden, you know, not compared to 20 employees sitting there trying right. to all do the same thing. I mean, I have four people. I have, ownership. I have yeah. four people that run 300 lights in my facility. Right. I'm one of the four. Exactly, yeah. So, so uh, you know, like... You there's a, it's it's crazy because like getting into this and now it's like you're like playing like you're playing God in these rooms because you have so much uh, availability to change things and sometimes it's like too much like it's too much data yeah. and that's where you start getting lost in things. I mean, don't get me wrong, there is there's some uh, there's some big facilities out there that crush it, you know. Oh, of course. And they got talent, but you know most of them most of them choke, so it's just too much to handle. Michigan doesn't have any tax on cultivation. They have a 280E that they do have, but you're able to, it's, stores can't, stores get hit real hard on, uh, like the uh, distros basically get real, hit real hard on the taxation. Processing facilities get a different tax bracket and cultivations get, they can write off basically a, a large amount. Yeah, the for not like how it is in California, like because in California it's crazy what you guys have to pay there 
for But from access. my understanding, in Michigan, there's no cultivation tax. No, oh no, there's not. Like, for example, here in Nevada, where I grow, there's 15% uh, for the state, 3% for the city, a total 18% gross. Of just cultivation tax. Just cultivation mm -hmm. tax. See, like, no, we, we have our 280, like everybody else, there's no cultivation yeah. tax. So I have to pay 18% while you guys pay zero. Yeah. And they're getting more. Sometimes, well, sometimes. I mean, yeah, they, I mean, well, we're, we're getting to that, yeah, right? I yeah. mean, so what... For sure. You know, we're... If you're growing fire without a brand, what are you getting per pound without a brand fire? Not in bulk. No, exactly. Like, like bulk's like, like, and that's, let's say bulk like A's and B's, right? So that's like how the Michigan, you'll consider it. So you have your A's and B's and your C nugs, right? So like, instead of just like everything going together in one, they'll separate it even where you have like your like prime, like packageable will be your bulk. So, and they're getting like, like, uh, yeah, even less, even less than that. That's yeah. about the same on the, on the, yeah, I, I, ha I have homies that yep. hit me up that like are new into the market that are like, like, dude, my lights are about to get shut off. I need like six, 800. And it's like good weed. It just aren't. My, bu my, my buddies grow some fire and they get 1,000 to 1,200, man. Yeah. So. I was on the plane sitting next to a guy that owns like 16 dispensaries in the U.S. for Michigan. He said he can get nice-ass pounds all day in Michigan for 600 bucks. Says he does a deal right now. Check this out. I don't know that. I forget the name of his, his, uh, his dispensary, but they do. Two and a half ounces for $99 out the door. Retail. Retail. Wow. Yeah, but here's the same thing. At the same point in time, that like that dude was telling you 10% of the truth. So like what he's actually getting, he's getting that shit. He may have gotten like, say he got like 200 units. He got 10 pounds at that price maybe. And then the other 190 is remediated, nasty, like, like nasty, like nasty, nasty, like. <laughs> I, I can't even get into it. Like it's like when I've never seen one of these ounces, and I I go to stores a lot because you know I have to go there. I have to talk to the owners because I also take care of not just like the cultivation, but I'm also there on like retail. the retail side. Yeah. So like yeah. I go in there and make the connections and like talk with the store owners. And <laughs> there's never been one time that I'm like, holy shit, I need that fifty dollar ounce yeah. right now. You know, it's like it's booty. It's seated. It's, They're not even putting it out, are they? I mean, that's all just... No, it's hidden. in a black mylar, so right, no one right, can hidden. see it. And okay. it's sealed, so they don't rip it open in there, and then everybody evacuates. Well, there's, 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 there's a market for it, though. There you is know. a market for it, yeah. There's a market I mean, for it. There is. What are you getting right now, packaged? Uh, packaged right now, 25 and eighths. Wholesale, so that comes out to 32 a pound. That's good. You could do business at that. Yeah, no, you can. What's, and, your, what's your cost to produce? Uh, 456 a pound. Got the number. That's good. How do you, like, how Gotta is know. that? Because there's four people that are at the cultivation. Uh, and at the same point in time, it's it's the, the ease of having it automated. But you still have to be there. Like, okay, we have four people on a day-to-day -day basis. We do outsource when it comes to trimming. We hand trim everything. So we have trimmers that come in. And that's also put into that pound price. So like that is, you know, average right now in Michigan and is anywhere from like 100 to 150 uh, a pound trimmed.
That's, like when you break really, down the pound price, so you really add that. Impressive. Yeah, really so when you break that into it. Uh, you think that's cheap? Oh, that's really cheap. That's, yeah, I think that's ridiculously expensive. Well, everything it's, it's everything my for cultivation cost. has gone up my, except for the price of weed. My, my highest, my highest cost. Trim for 50 bucks. My, it's higher than my oh, electrical. Really? How many, how much, do you know how much you're paying per kilowatt delivered? Uh, seven cents. You're paying seven <laughs> cents. Yeah, don't, don't uh, shh. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> no, yeah, seven cents. Seven cents. And then like, uh, and then Dylan's like, like, what electric bill? Right. <laughs> right. No, but like, there's other ways of doing it. And like, this is just like me. And this is, is, I hope everybody listens to this because like when you're sitting there, you can actually like in any state that you're at, you can actually get a transformer. So like once your primary or secondary power, right? So if your like grow is uh, secondary, you're coming in straight to the pole to your CT cabinet. And then it goes into a transformer from there. But now if you're primary, you're actually having it run into a transformer outside that you personally purchased, and then it runs into your CT cabinet. Well, then they'll start to change your 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 cost of what it is, either 11, 14, you know, like what wherever you're, let's say if you're at 14 cents a kilowatt uh, coming in from the pole, and then you buy that transformer and it drops down to three cents, or it drops down to, uh, it takes three cents off, so you're at 11 cents, let's just say. After you do that, you actually have that company owned by a secondary LLC, where it's going to get tricky, uh, and you actually charge back to your cultivation, like the three cents a kilowatt hour. So it's almost like you're writing off your writing off more writing off more on the. I mean, but it's there's another LLC what's, that what's actually a, owns it. What's a kilowatt of electricity on Kelly? It's super expensive. 17, All over the, the place. I've heard is about seventeen cents, and the highest I've heard I've paid up to. 42 cents? Up in Sacramento, it's around 10 cents because it, we got a small municipal power company. And that's not PG&E. Everybody who's listening knows how bad PG&E is. It's awful. Out here in Nevada, where I'm located, I pay six cents delivered. Damn. Which is really good. But that's, but that's the thing is that, like, they literally, so, like, where we're at, we're in a municipality uh, and that's in, like, a rural area. and That's that, why. Yeah, and they had to build a a power. They had to build a um a substation for us. Like it's crazy. Like we have more power than the township does. In like a couple of grows, there's a grow right down the street from us that built a cogeneration plant in order to do it. You know, in Sacramento, PG&E was paying people to build cogen plants, and that way they could, as long as they had access to turn it on, if there was a power outage, they could use it to support the grid. So people were making that trade. Do you think where the Michigan market is right now is it sustainable? For yeah. you, obviously. Yeah, what I think needs to happen is I think that they, uh, you know, this is going to probably piss some people off that watch it, but, I mean, this is just me being real. I think that they need to do, like, a moratorium on licensing because they're handing them out. There's these excess grows out there that it's great, but they're not do Okay, so they own 20 licenses, right, 30 licenses, uh, but I, I mean, what do I think they're really doing? I think that they're backdooring packs in and then just fucking the whole market up. Uh, That's be, a real thing in Michigan for sure. Because listen, it's, it's different. This isn't, Michigan's not Nevada. It's not California. They don't have that season that you need to take it for an outdoor to be an outdoor. So like, you can't get that little extra burst. You know, this year was actually a lot nicer. I mean, it was just up 70 up until like, mm -hmm. Four days ago. Yeah. 
but uh, they don't have that. And a, a lot of people that come from like out of state, like come from, uh, uh, you know, like California or, uh, you know, uh, Cali or, or I'm sorry, Cali, Nevada, Oregon, Washington, they try to come grow in Michigan and they have, it's a rude awakening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the humidity and the cold temperatures come fall is no joke. Yeah, and and they don't know how to do it, and then they can't get it executed fast enough, and they don't have reefer trailers, and they, you know, they're they're trying to put everything into like, uh, you know, make hot dog water out of it or distillate, you know. So yeah. yeah, so I know a lot. I know a lot of big farms this year that killed it, um, that that did really well, and I know a lot of big farms that that came up severely short on their yeah. projected numbers, like severely short. Did, like hardly made money short. Yeah, because they just try to pad the pocket of their investors, and then after they do that, they just flip it back around, you know? So they try to get the investor money out, then everybody else kind of loses a little bit, those fat cat, uh, you know, numbers. My cost to produce here in Nevada with tax is just about 750. But in Nevada, they have a fair market value per pound of bulk. And the fair market value is like two grand. Okay. And so they charge you 18% on two grand, not even for what you really sell it for. Oh my God. <laughs> so not only do Crazy. you get smashed on the 18%, it's but you're, 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 you're paying, paying over than what you really sell it for. Yeah, so, so you're, you're paying close to 30%. It's about 350 bucks. So, but what you're saying though, cause like it, you are a light up, right? Yeah. Okay, so you're light up. And you have to put that in consideration as like indoor. Yeah. That is actually getting that number. Exactly. And I'm sure you, you know, I know I've seen some of your product, you know what it looks like. So, but still, if there's somebody else that's, you know, lower on the totem pole, they're paying that price. Yeah. The bit, my biggest problem out here in Nevada is I don't do packaged flour. I just sell bulk. Right. So what, what, what I need to change as a business is packaging my flour. Because as soon as I package the flour, I get between 18 to $22 an eighth. Right. Um, so it brings it up to like 25, 20, 2200 bucks. Right. So that's what we're starting to do now. Then I'm paying fair tax because I think what's going on is, what, what is going on is that I'm just selling bulk for 1400 other people are packaging it, you know, and making the money out while well, I'm getting hit on the tax. On that $2,000 tax. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Why so, not make it worth 2000 yourself and at least get taxed on it? That's, that's yeah. what we're doing now. Which well, I know there's a, you know, there's a, I've white labeled for a couple of companies myself, you know, yeah. where they've done that and I've, you know, bulked out, you know, 10 to 50 pounds to them. And then they put it under their own. And then they're like, oh, don't worry, we got you, we got you. And then all of a sudden I look at their retail price, I'm like, what? You know, so, uh, yeah. you know, there's, there's, there's a difference. It, it's a play out there. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think the black market in Michigan, black market in Michigan is definitely still sustainable. I mean, um, I know for me personally, I mean, um, and, a, and a lot of guys I know, I mean, cost per pound, you know, in the black market, about 250 to $300 a pound if you're automated. To produce. To produce. Yeah, super cheap. No you know, like I, I, I got a, I, I mean, I have, you know, 60 to 80 light spots that we check in once or twice a week. You know, it's, 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 it's not um, as demanding as, as something, something like Chris is at, right? 
Um, and and uh, I think it's it's sustainable, but I think people have to watch how much they're they're producing. I mean, I know a lot of guys that went hardcore, like hard, hardcore for a lot of years, and I just don't think that that's that that's not sustainable. I think if you start overproducing, and that's that's kind of what I'm seeing, the people that are overproducing are the people that are calling me or, you know, hey, um, can you help me? Can you help me? Can you help me? And it's like, stop producing so much. You know what I mean? You don't need that much For right sure. now. Yeah. New York you know? does. <laughs> New York does. <laughs> New York heats it up. But, I mean, that's the thing is that, like, you know, uh, coming on uh, – for us, we just look at it a little bit different. What's now going into rosin? What's instead of just being a cultivation side, what's going into rosin? Uh, if there is a good uh, like hydrocarbon that actually does very well, we'll do that, and then the rest is into usable flour. So you just have to figure out where you're at. But like the thing that kills on the the like state side, like the metric side, is the cost of testing, the cost of this. So if you're running like ten varietals a room. You know, you start to add up, and every time that's a batch over 50 pounds, too, then they take, like, a quarter pound of weed after every 50 pounds, and then they start, I mean, it's just always numbers that mm -hmm. are coming out of that. And, you know, like, something hits the floor, like, in the trap, if, like, I mean, sorry, guys, something hit the floor, I'd be like, well, all right, boop, you know, but, like, you know, in the, in the, in the legal, it's not like that. Like, it's like, oh, I've thrown away more weed than I've ever wanted to. I'm like, oh. Yeah. You know, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, but you got to do it. Chris Duran. So what? I'm enjoying this podcast so far. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, last, the last two, I'm, I get to answer more questions. This one, I get to sit back and watch these guys grow. <laughs> yeah, I got more questions for you for sure myself. But yeah. yeah, let's do this. Why are we here? Fade. So we've been working on it. When did we start working on Fade? Nine months. I think was when... Uh, we first started giving out some of the goodies for testing. Yeah. Yeah. R&Ding it for probably eight months, nine months. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. So it had been in discussion. Um, you know, I don't know who, who the idea started with, but it had been a discussion for a while on how we effectively moved to get this out. I think it really started on that podcast that we did a long time ago, and you started talking about... The nitrogen discussion yeah. and just less and less and less. Yeah. And then people started doing crazy stuff, changing ratios. Change, yeah. Hurting plants. And then we had to stop some of that, I think, is where this kind of came from. So we had to come, come up with a viable option to um, not get bud rot, let plants finish naturally, you know, and uh, get all the nitrogen out, really. I mean, it's where we're at. Flushing is such a controversial conversation with so many growers. Some are saying flush, some are saying not. What do you think it is about flushing that some growers do? Like what? I, I think the concept of a flush is, is still solid, right? There's, you're kind of doing a couple things here. You're, you're trying to reduce certain nutrients and you're trying to uh, stress out a plant, you know, get some genetic expression, right? We're all trying to stress plants. We talked about this. And, uh, but what kind of stress are you really trying to give the plant? You know, there's certain stresses that the plant can, can manage and it's going to make it express and you're going to start to get this finish. And this is where, where fate actually came from was, you know, people were doing like two-week flushes, three-week flushes, and starting to get crazy. Well, you know, it's like a recipe for bud rot, right? You know, calcium, losing a lot of these micros, and we're all growing in cocoa and rock wool at this point. Nobody's growing big old pots once a day watering or anything. And then they get these cool-looking giant nugs, and, you know, it's all bud rot, bud rot, bud rot. It's botrytis everywhere, and that's just, it's tip burn. You know, it's the same thing. Um, happens in all kinds of crops. This is super common. You know, you guys grow in a humid environment. 
a tip burn, bud rot, whatever it is, it's more common in humid environments, you get less transpiration. You know, you're talking about killing it with managing the environment. That's what I bet a lot of the new growers are having trouble with all that humidity, you know, and they just have damp rooms. And then, I mean, the list of problems just goes on and on and on, right, from there. And it's like, you know, that's an issue. So we're trying to find a way to keep the plants, you know, well-fed with calcium, um, drop as much nitrogen out of them, and give the plant everything it's need that's non-mobile within the plant, um, and then let it, let it translocate this nitrogen. What, what we're finding, you know, you guys did a lot of preliminary testing on this. That's why we're all sitting in this podcast together. Um, you know, preliminary testing was, was great. You know, you guys were getting good results. We weren't seeing any problems. Modified the formulations a little bit. Um, you know, I think you had some, some numbers that you got over to Henry from all of your testing. Yep. Um, we take all that and, and then we distill it into a nice experiment at Jungle Boys where we validate you guys because we love you. Uh, but we have to trust but verify. Yeah. So we, we take all this information. We go, okay, well, are, is it just Athena Love or is this, is this really working the way we designed it? So we bring it in uh, and we run an experiment at Jungle Boys and, and we can risk running it in a way that, you know, if one of the, one of the two trials, if we're doing side-by-sides, doesn't work and we have some crop loss, well, that's okay because we're, we're paying for it on another end. That's the cost of, of doing business and doing research. So, you know, you guys can't always run the same exact side-by-side but we can. But that, so. those onion layers of like validation that yeah. we have, like that's what I love. Like we, we have we have those layers, right? The layers of, of validation within the yeah. company that you know that's where it should end. Yeah. It's at the Jungle Boys, like okay, now it's validated for real. Let's do big rooms side by side. And yeah, that's the only way to do it. And we do it actually all uh, intra room. It's all shared room. So we actually randomize within the same room. So the nice. climate's as uniform as possible. We try to get rid of anything. The only difference is one product. We, once we get to the very end, we distill it down to one variable only, and that is it. Yep. So, and that's, I don't think you can get a better result than that. So, anecdotal's great. We love it. Trust me, that's what keeps us going. Um, but we have to go, go in there and verify this stuff because there's a lot of crazy talk out there all the time, too. So you guys are on Instagram. <laughs> right. <laughs> with, uh, with flushing, is calcium the main cause of, of botrytis and butter rot? That, in your opinion? Yeah, so there's, I mean, yes, that's the main cause for sure, is if you get calcium deficiency, and it doesn't happen overnight, right? If you're in, if you're in cocoa, it, it takes a little bit of time, right? Because there's cation exchange sites, so you have a little bit of time and a buffer, um, and we, we expect that. You know, when people used to grow bigger pots, there's more calcium stored in that root zone. As you shrink the pot, because a lot of people are finding out smaller pots get, you know, better results for some of these these grows, you know, you're, you're a big fan. We've talked about this a ton, you know? Yeah. A little bit smaller pot, stop going so big. Same concept as in hand. So get a smaller pot, there's less stored, stored cations in there. So if you're going rock wool, I, you should not flush. You should, like, never go for a zero flush, maybe the last day, um, because the plant has a, enough left in its vascular system. But otherwise, no calcium. You start getting weaker and weaker cell walls. As soon as you have one cell wall to collapse, now you have a, a ruptured cell that's damaged. And there's always botrytis spores floating around, right? Butter out's just an inch away. So, and then at that point, it's just, again, it looks great on the outside, but it's because the plant is actually dying at that point. Yeah, the, like immune, the immune system of the plants. We got, well, you, couldn't have, you couldn't have it. I mean, the, the, the inside of the cell is now coming yeah. out. You know, you have, yeah. you know the, the whole thing's falling You're apart. You're sick. The plant's sick. Yeah, the plant's sick. Defense, it's like, and it's defenseless. Yeah, it for sure. And air. once Botrytis is in, then it you know, destroys from the inside out. It can destroy the cells next to it. And calcium is the main one. There are other immobile microelements, too, that, that add to that equation, you know. But calcium's the... Calcium's one for the cell walls. Yeah, the other ones, you know, like, like iron and, and manganese, they can potentially get shuttled around, stored in the cell vacuoles. 
um, and get moved around. You get a little bit more buffer there. It's not huge, but a little bit. They're not really mobile. Um, so calcium's the biggie, and that's the one that we were really pumping first, but we, we found if you make sure you have everything in there, it actually gets even better results. You know, like you, there is that next step. It's not just that simple. And then, you know, we're just looking for expression in these plants. And if they start starving of nitrogen, it's an indication. You know, we've, we've seen it. People want to go that direction. We just wanted them to do it healthy, not ruin the crop. Max, what's your experience with, with flushing in the past and what you're doing now? I mean, I've flushed for, you know, straight RO. I mean, I think we've all kind of done this. I've, I've done three weeks, two weeks, one week, you know, zero. Um, you know, since I've been using Fade, I actually get, like, even distribution of fading in my plants compared to, like, kind of like you're saying, like, tip burn on those leaves that are really close to the buds, you know? So um, instead of just running super low EC or straight water through, I'm seeing just a different expression using it, which, you know, totally makes sense from the standpoint of the, the chemicals, so. Yeah. You gotta get that nitrogen out of there. Let yep. the plants translocate, you know, from fan leaves, other green tissue, that trans translocation's just the plant's noticing, you know, it's acting accordingly. So in, I just was at my spot in Nevada, or just you know, two hours from here, uh, about three hours ago. And every single grower in the facility is saying they're never, the, the dry rooms have never smelled as loud, the packs have never smelled as loud when using fade. What, why is that? What are they, why is that happening? Stress, the plant's finished in its life. We have more, you know, available cannabinoids, more terpenes. Like, we've tested it, we've verified it, we've validated it in the side-by-side. -side. You know, the, that's the whole same thing. Start cutting out nitrogen, keep the potassium high, you start getting the genetic expression. I mean, I don't want to, don't want to stop and act like if you can just reduce nitrogen that your, you know, your trash 1994 strain is going to be like fire. You need good genetics, but if you want them to express, you got to pull the nitrogen out, you know, and it's, we keep seeing that. You know, everybody's seen it now, and now we finally got the test and we have the data, right? Yeah. That's what we were all waiting for, was to get, like, hard data. And it's just genetic expression. And if you want to get more expression, then you got to activate it. What is it about the nitrogen that takes away from the natural flavor of the plant? I don't know if it takes away so much as, as uh, it delays senescence, right? And this isn't just in cannabis, this is in a lot of other crops. If you provide late nitrogen for a, a fruiting or a flowering crop, it's going gonna, it's gonna to decrease basically, and delay flowering and, and plant senescence. And so if the plant, it just keeps lingering around. It doesn't go fully into a regenerative state. It's going to stay vegetative to some level. You know, it's not just dedicating its resources, whereas now if it's getting resource restriction, it, it's being encouraged, you know. It, will, it knows that with no nitrogen, life will come to an end anyway. And so now genetics are going to take over and say, all right, let's get to the end. So it's just extra stress. Yeah, but a good kind of stress. Yep. You know, it... If we were all just growing for just leaf biomass, by all means, just run nitrogen all day long. It's totally fine, you know? And, and part, of, part of the testing, you know, and we talked about this, is really the timing of when you want to run the fade, you know? I mean, plants still need nitrogen to survive. Where they're getting that nitrogen is important. If you make, if there's too little nitrogen for too long, you're still gonna probably have some, some total yield uh, decreases. So we don't want you running this like the whole time. You have to still give your plants nitrogen until they get to the end of their life. And then you cut it off into fade and keep them with everything else. What is fade? Uh, calcium and micronutrients, really. It's, it was designed to be uh, for ProLine initially as a core replacement. That was, that's what we were hearing from everybody running ProLine was, 
they kept changing ratios to a point where things were getting out of hand. And so we said, we've got to do something better because this is getting, you know, I hear you, but we can't have, we can't have you basically butchering your crop in the process of getting better weed. Uh, so we, this is where we came up with this was, was for that and to replace core as a direct swap at two pounds per gallon. We tried to make it as simple and easy as possible. Um, and then it's also got the complete micronutrient package just like core, so you're not losing out on that. So, and that's where we started was with the pro line. Yeah. Well, there's also a big di difference too, like just with the micronutrients with that compared to just running the, you know, the, pale, uh, the powdered calcium chloride. There's a huge difference. I've seen it in yeah. testing. Like you can't just like, it, it, it's not just like taking one to one, right? No. Like what else do you guys have inside of that? And like we started getting different uh, like hash increases, you know, like of your final hash, uh, you're like 40 to 70 U or, you know, you're 40 to 120 U. And that's what I even asked Brandon. I was like, hey, have you ran hash? Have you checked out your yield set? Because it's, there is, you know, if you're looking at like, I think our last one was an increase of 1.3%. From so, what? Uh, so from it was like four point uh, four point two to five point five finish. So when you start actually looking at that, uh, yeah, how I much mean, money is that? Yeah, I'm when you're washing a hundred thousand, he complains when he goes down like point two because right. he tells me all the money he's losing. So one point two is a lot of money. When you're washing, yeah, like, I big, mean, we do test increase. wash. When when we do the test wash, it's like ten thousand grams, and then it's normally like. A wash is like a minimum of us sending out like, like anywhere from twenty to one hundred twenty thousand wet grams. So um, you know it makes a big number, especially if it, I mean, that, that, what what is right now in Nevada? What is the price of like wholesale price of hash? Is there a big rosin market here? I, I don't do any hash, so I don't know. No, no hash. See, but that's, that's what I'm saying. What is it in the legal game? What are you getting per gram? Per uh, Thirty or up. 30 or up, 30, 30, $30 a gram or more. Yeah, that's what it is right now. It's like 30, 35 black yeah. market. So, I mean, that's... What I'm getting. Right, but like if you change 1%, you're talking hundreds of thousands of oh, dollars yeah. in a year. It's huge. I mean, like... Oh, going, yeah. Going from 3% to 4%, it's a game changer. You you're, know, 5% that, is... That, like, you can... Everybody breaks down, so like... So what, dinner's on you tonight. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Sweet. Exactly that one percent. But they, but they have what inflation. But but they they have it where you you can break down these and like how it goes down is you know they're your uh, your wet pound like five wet pounds is technically considered one dry pound uh, for like when you're talking with rosin producers or I mean you've ran you've been running rosin a long time too. Uh, yeah, ten years something. Like exactly. So you know those mm -hmm. differences when you get even a half a percent difference. It's big numbers. Yeah. There's a, there's a huge market for it in Michigan. Yeah, right there's now, a so. huge there's a huge market. And then there's, I mean, then now all these people that are doing this, like donuts are like a, a big, big thing, thing here right now. Big thing right now. So yeah. um, I do, I, I see it more of like a niche and I see it more of like, uh, like if I wanted to like have some donuts, like I don't think personally myself, it's like, um, for where the market's at, I don't think people are really going to just every consumer because a lot of people are stuck in these like $50 ounces, $60 ounces, $75 ounces. Do you want a $1 or do you want an $80 joint that you're going to smoke? Or do you want an $80 and smoke a whole ounce of it, right? I want the $80 joint. I do. <laughs> right. We yeah. do, right? Different that's, rooms. That's, different that's, rooms. That's There's a market niche, for it. Though, right? it is. There's a market for everything. Right. It is. And uh, 
but it's still a big market. So people, what they're doing is they're taking their 40 and 70 U, selling those, uh, and then as as rosin, and then selling it like that. And then after they do that, they take you know anything up to like 120. They're either putting it in carts or they're putting it into donuts. Or, I mean, shit, now what people are doing is they're actually taking distillate and mixing it with rosin and calling it full-spectrum rosin-infused pens. Nice. Mm -hmm. That's marketing. Was that, was that flower that you brought and showed us, was that, was that grown? Was that off a recent batch with Faye? Yeah, yeah. Fire. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, fire. So you, you, were, you were with us from the beginning, Chris, on this stuff. Yeah. And, and you tested calcium chloride. Calcium chloride, yeah. Yep. You, you did. Obviously, you ran Proline. Then we gave you some calcium chloride, did that. Then we ran some Fade, and you did that. What was the major differences between calcium chloride and Fade? The, the micronutrients, uh, uh, the addition of that, and also when your yields go up, you know, uh, quite a percentage, and then noticing because the calcium chloride, the difference is, is that that stuff is horrible to work with, first off. Yeah. And, Sorry, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, I mean, I, I hope you know, we had a lot of conversation about this, about sending it out to you guys, and, like, people no, are no, going to no, start... No. talking powdered. I know. No, That's I know. what I'm talking yeah. about. That, yeah. was not, that was not a decision that was taken lightly. Why do you think right. fades a liquid? Right. 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 There's yeah. a reason yeah. why it yeah. is. I mean, I was concerned, and I, I think you were the one who got the instruction, because Henry was, I think, uh, conveying a lot too. of this was like, you know, the, with the powder, you're gonna melt your, melt your tanks. If you're not paying attention, it gets uncomfortably hot. Put a hole through it's a scary. bottle and bottle That's, it. It'll scary. melt out the side and then it blows out and then you're, you're in trouble, so. No, I, I won't say that it happened, but it did. All right. so, <laughs> um, I guess those instructions didn't make it through so well. They totally he didn't, didn't even come with it. Henry, it wasn't like Henry. that, so, but. <laughs> I called I mean, him, I was like, is it supposed to be this hot, dude? <laughs> I made it like two pounds a gallon. It's hot. And uh, it's it was, hot. It, my five gallon bucket was like flimsy, dude. Oh, right. yeah. I, the, the, nicest, the nicest thing <laughs> is, uh, you know, like I never talk about like uh, any other nutrient companies and I never will on the side of it, but this is like something that can be used with every nutrient line. Like that, that's the difference with this product and it's not just specific to, you know, like an Athena product. It's something that can be used with every single company that's out there. Uh, I personally think, cause there's a lot of lack. This is the first product in my personal opinion that is like an actual finisher because every, everything runs crazy hard on nitrogen. And when you're looking in, in these, uh, um, you know, everything that they're doing and all the products that everybody's running in every line and other lines too. So I, I think this is the, the changer. It's, it's hard, you know, there's positives and negatives to that. The negatives are that we haven't tested it, you know, and it's like... We well, haven't tested with Blended yet. We, well, we, you guys are testing. We're testing. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But, but, to your, but to your point, is it's hard to... We won't come out and say, use Fade with Blended because... We don't have enough data to back it up. We look at it as these growers' livelihood depends on what information we give them. So if we just go out and say, hey, use it with blended, it'll work great because of what we see on numbers and right. not in the cultivation, we're putting people's businesses and lives in our hands, and that information could hurt them. 
Right. I agree, sure. but I'll, I'm gonna look in this camera. It works fucking great with Proline. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I know because I run Proline, yeah. and it makes a difference. And yeah. and and the difference is, is I can't speak on blended, so I can't. But you know, I have somebody that runs a a, a, a competitive um, nutrient, right? That we're homies with, and yeah. I, I gave it to him to run. I didn't tell him what it was, and he's smashing with it. He knows like the the makeup of it. Yeah. He doesn't really know. Like I explained to him what what I wasn't like here. Put this in your plants, you know. I explained to him what it was, but I didn't tell him who it was from or what it, you know. The R and D had the R and D on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, and he's like blown away, yeah. right? And he was able to adjust it to his nutrient line yeah. that he's the running. The reason why we're sticklers on that is because we have three tech tech team guys. Well, we got. 14 facility advisors nationwide. And then we have three guys that are on the tech team that answer DMs, emails, phone calls. And when they're dealing with hundreds of growers a day, whether it be, you know, whatever communication chain, and these growers are like, well, I'm using ProLine, but I'm adding CalMag and PK and this and that but I'm having a lockout and my shit's dying. <laughs> I don't know why. And it's, well, how do I help you? Like, right. how can I, how can I help Dylan, you? should I give your phone number out? <laughs> no, no, I'm just no, I get enough of those. Right, yeah. So like, whenever somebody gets a hold of me that's running Athena, whether it's ProLine or Blended, and the first thing I always ask them is, are you only using what we suggest? Because if they're not, my flow chart for diagnosis goes like fucking over. It's like, okay, now when you got to take that in consideration, what's your, and then right away I'm usually saying, especially if they're using like a monosilicic acid, I'm like, where's your pH in your root zone? Because I know it's fucked up, right? So it's like, it's a whole different, it's a whole different diagnosis. Well, there's if you're so using many. rock wool, it's definitely fucked up. If you're using cocoa, it, it, cocoa is a lot more forgiving than rock wool. There's, like I said, in the when we first started talking in the beginning was there's so many different variables that people aren't, like, looking in. And in the, in the, just the sensors and the data that you can get back, it's crazy, right? So, like, I went in, somebody's running, like, a, I went into a facility and they're having a bunch of issues with their dry backs and trying to figure this out. And, like, I, I straight up, I'm just, like, pick the pot up. I'm like, it's fucking light. You know, water more, like, you know, <laughs> and then they're like, huh? And then I'll squeeze the sides of it and pull out the, and I'm like, yeah, water more. Like you're, you're, you're chasing this dry back. And I was like, where are your sensors? So they have like 40 lights in this room. Okay. And I'm a DE guy. So I run DEs and like, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at it. His sensors are right up in the front. Okay. So you have like one light here. One light here, one light here, you know, that you're actually getting, and then they're spaced out even farther. But, like, the plants that are having the problems and reading the wrong are in the middle of your fucking room. So it's just like you're not getting the data because you're not looking at the plants. Everybody's just thinking, oh, the sensor's going to tell me. This is what's going to tell me. It's like, no, you got to go there, start to feed it, and then if it starts to look, I mean, you have three days to, like, really to see if there's something that's actually happening. Validate those sensors hardcore. Yeah, and and unless, like, you're going to sit there and run something, I pick that up, and I'm like, oh, yep, here, you need to, you know, water it more. They're like, do I have DC? I'm like, no, fucking water it more. Like, what what's going on? Like, keep it where it's at and just run it. Like, you guys need to start looking at this, and then they're like, well, the sensor says this. 
I've yeah. gotten I've gotten to the point using these sensors where I could look at my sensors and be like, this room's fucking crushing. You know, temperatures here, humidity's here, moisture's here. I have a lot of experience using them for the last few years now, kind of thing. But you can validate now. Right, you probably validated the sensors for when sure. you got them. For you sure. were the guy that who said, run the cycle, and you stared at it and felt that pot. Oh, I got this and tiny you, little room. And you looked room. at the data, yeah. and you did this for 20 minutes, and you're like, okay, what? this is what the sensor means. Right. When they're done right, though, they crush. And you still obviously got to be there. I, I walk in my room five, six times a day, you know, just open the door to look at the plants and see how they're looking. But, you know, I can, now I can, you know, when I'm gone here for seven days, I can pull my app open and be like, yep, they're in the zone. You know, EC's swinging here. Moisture's here. I'm at this point in the plant's life, you know. So. I, no, I agree. I mean, that, like I the sensors are not... I think it's more the, that people just trust everything so much without validating the sensors. Like totally. Sitting there and actually running in, oh, this new varietal that I got from here that uh, is, it's supposed to be running like this. You got to know, like, this strain likes this EC bouncing right. between this or, you know, this dryback, too. So everything's a little bit different. You know, if I run... I run two strains on one zone and uh, you know this one's bouncing here that one's bouncing there you know most of the time they look different because one one likes it better than the other so yeah. there's a lot to it but they are nice yeah for sure oh, for sure I mean Max you're running a blended line and you're using fade I am yeah yeah so I've got almost two full runs of it right now I'm about to harvest here in about 10 days um, but just the difference in like the smell in the room, the expression of the plant. Um, you know, like you said, like I, I personally do huge drybacks towards the end too. So as much stress as I can give them, uh, but since I've used fade, dude, like my leaves are like that. You get that good golden color towards the end um, that you just don't get like the dying decay like you do just flushing with straight nothing or you know really low core, or, you know whatever. But it's a. Uh, it's been a big difference, dude, for sure. Yeah. I don't have I don't have any side by sides. You know, I've got one room with one zone, one tank. I don't have a side by side of running fade versus not, which you know that's the true side by side. But from what I'm seeing right now, like yeah, it, it totally makes sense from you know mineral standpoint too. So. Well, we appreciate you testing for us because yeah. while Brandon just said you know we have to give you the right info because it's also your livelihood and your business, you're you're willing to risk it on some trust for us. So we we do appreciate that. You know, I can't. Oh yeah. Can't say enough from the rest of our R and D team, you know, to, to shout out to you guys to, you know, put a little bit of your livelihoods on the line, knowing that. I love uh, it. Yeah, I got. Pros. I mean, there's a risk, right? It, it's I mean, there. shit, I'm running a hundred lights on it without even a blink of an eye. I know. You know? I know. Well, I'm running yeah. three hundred lights on. Well, two hundred. Yeah, we almost melted your tanks, and here you go, You're like whatever. Yeah. Run it. No, well, but, five gallon buckets. Yeah, but like, there's a, the thing is, yeah. it's like if if you don't try it, you're you're never gonna know where you could be at, and this is yeah. like, I mean, before. When I was running, I was pulling core off, like, and I was that guy that was like pulling core off at that point. A lot of it made sense. Yeah, you thought it made sense. Yeah, yeah. well, it it does to some level, right? Yeah. And but then that's when I was adding the calcium, the calcium chloride powdered instead before yeah. that, right? And then that's like that's what ends up happening is you're doing that. Yeah. And then there's also a lot work. of things that you know, like what, what we were talking about, what you brought up, uh, uh, the defoliation. A lot of people do, do defoliations at a certain point. And you're taking a ton of nitrogen out from that. And then you start running the fade. Like I do a heavy defoliation and now this one we're not doing a heavy defoliation. Like yeah. right towards that. And so I'm gonna do a, basically I'm gonna try to do a heavy defoliation like right at the end, like right there at the end. So that yeah. way I still have the nitrogen pulling back on the nitrogen and then do like a quick defoliation, heavy defoliation two days before crop. Yeah. So Chris, Easy you work. saw yield increases in hash, mm -hmm. right? 
And then where were your testing numbers? Up. Uh, THC, THC, then it's not like some bullshit testing numbers. Anybody that knows me, I don't test and try to dry it down to like 7%. And so people know in this like podcast, like what a lot of people are doing is they're drying their shit down so they can get those test results. Like I gave, uh, you know, Henry the test results that I had and, and uh, Taylor and everybody of like, hey, this is the actual moisture content. And it's like, at 11%, 11.5% moisture content and hitting like thing like 29% like THC, not total THC, THC. Mm-hmm. So like when you're starting at that, and I know it's a, a THC driven market, but it's still, it's it's the, uh, the, the number one thing, it's not dried down. Like those results were back. And then I had, you know, a side by side of two different varietals, actually, yeah, two different varietals, two different tests. And, uh, you could see actual the um, cannabinoids, the terps, everything. I mean, it was all in all uh, like 30% higher. So you can say 3%, 4%, 5%, but it's 30% like total if you want to talk on Let's start wise. from the beginning. Athena Pro line, no calcium chloride, What same genetic, same room, same app. You know, what were your THC number, total THC? Uh, like to, like THC, let's say, yeah. uh, like this is just, I like I have, I know that like Taylor has the data, so 100% she does, but I'm just going to use this as an idea of just running like the pro line, like uh, the first time that we ran it, 3-0 all the way through, right? 3-0 all, all the way through, one day flush. I'm one of those guys that don't believe in the heavy flush, the, the 7, 14 days, like I'm more of like, I, I don't even really believe in the hard taper either. Personally, myself, I like to have it where I'm running 3-0, then a little bit, like, start to gradual down a little bit and then keep it. I, I don't, because I, I can flush my whole entire, make the median down to, like, nothing. Um, uh, in, in one flush, just run a bunch through it. Uh, now, so let's say, let's get back to where we were talking with THC content. Running straight through is, like, let's say uh, a varietal at, like, 23, 24% THC, just like 3.0 all the way through. Um, and then doing pulling off core uh, at that point in time at like day like 52. Uh, going from there, uh, it was an added like 2% increase. So then it'd be like, you know, uh, 27, 28. And then now going uh, uh, from that and using the fade R&D with the micronutrients. Yeah, the full one, the jug. The, the full one, yeah, yeah, is is like 30 plus now. Right. Yeah, and that's like, but you have to look at it. It's in the in the differences is the tests that were actually sent over, the moisture content, it's funny, is like the ones that are like higher or that are lower are at like 10, 10 and a half percent moisture content in, in it. And the water activities like lower and then the ones that are like the higher THC is uh, higher moisture content wow, and that's higher weird. water activity. That's yeah. weird. So it's like, so it's real, that's why I'm just like, shit. Yeah. yeah. But that's, that's that when, when we were talking, you hit, yeah, I look at everything as you have to, we did not change anything. So we did not change any variables. We kept all our controls the same and we used that. That was the variable. Yeah, so it's a, it's a sequential trial, and that's as, as close as we can get from most of our external testers. Right. I think it'd be real hard to ask to be like, all right, hey, just 
give us two benches in your room and let's just just let us yeah. have it. Uh, you know, cool <laughs> yeah, no, nobody's I, doing that. You know, I've seen it. I'll give you fucking two benches. I just <laughs> you gave will you now. ten. You will you now. Know? I don't know if it, you would have before we started this. No, but. I think I think that the trust on the side of like what you guys have here's you know from switching over with running over with other nutrient companies and other lines and like. You know, I know you guys are facility advisors. You guys all work together. Like I'm, uh, you know, not a facility advisor. I'm a cultivator. I, I, you guys support me. I love supporting your product. Uh, I, I don't get paid by you guys. There's nothing on that, right? Like the difference is, is that when I run nutrients where there's no fucking biofilm in the in anything, there's like it's super sterile in the environment that I have to have for passing testing at you know, the colony forming units and for total use of mold that we have and, and how stringent it is and, you know, all the things. It, it's an amazing product. It helps and your so business. It, yeah, and it helps my business. So it feeds my family. Like, listen, I'm not doing this for, like, myself or Cloud or anything. I have two kids. The partners have kids. You know, we're doing this, like, so that if, you know, like I always tell people, if, I, if my sons want, like, to be a social worker or, like, something like a ballerina or like anything, it doesn't matter. And they can't afford to have what they are able to do. Uh, I want to be able to help do that. And you guys are the ones that are helping do that for my family and other families around too. Thanks. Appreciate sure. that. But like now this, this is real talk. This is like, uh, I, I, it's a game changer. And I know you guys, I, I noticed like I, I've been watching how you guys talk about it and you don't want to put out anything crazy, but yeah. like I'm, Telling everybody, it's fucking real. <laughs> so it is. It, it is. You're, yeah, they'll, they'll see. I know you guys won't put anything out until it's a hundred percent at the point where you guys are at. But it's yeah. real. It's. I, if it wasn't, we wouldn't even be sitting at this conversation. You guys wouldn't be running with Ivan in any of his rooms. I, I mean, that's my personal opinion. Yeah. So yeah. so we have like. Other than Chris, we had like a lot of other homies, you know, like like you know that with, within the family that ran at smaller scale, like some other cultivators from Michigan, smaller scale um, guys that you know, you know. And it was funny because like my joke with uh, my joke with Henry is that we kind of made him like Pablo Escobar. We like seriously, you know, it's, no, listen. Oh, it he, is. It he is. was he... responsible. Brandon says, send it to this guy. Send it to my homie oh, over here. Henry starts lacing up all these people, right? Well, you know we're. It comes down to it's like okay, we gave you your sample, you run it. Well, these guys are hooked, like crack. Yeah, yeah. I mean, was... we're sharing messages where guys are like, "Bro, I need my I need, where's where's, where's my, my fix? Product? Yeah. Where's this stuff at? Like, yeah. you can't give it to me." And then because the the people are the same results that you're seeing, a lot of my other friends are seeing. You know, right. I'm seeing the same results. And it yep. takes a little you bit know? of dialing in to get to that point because it's that's not like just a first run. That was a couple of runs, right? Yeah. So yeah. I've ran it for a couple of runs, but I think Henry's more. If if you guys ever seen the movie Usual Suspects. So Kaiser Sose, he's Kaiser Sose. So he's gonna love that. Yeah, I yeah, called exactly. Doctor Evil the other day. He's gonna be revealing a new look at the show. Yeah, I just love well. the even senescence that I'm seeing. That's yeah. like the biggest thing that I'm seeing in my yeah. life. You, haven't, you even haven't heard one person say, "I want more," and that's I'm getting hit up nonstop. You know, I need more. I'm like, I know. Henry, send, send, send. It's, it's right. kind of <laughs> work with the manufacturing. You guys all know this, right? Like right. very hands on with that part of this. Um, and it's been interesting because Henry is like a, a drug dealer right now. He's <laughs> yeah. For sure. He's like needing to get his fix all the time. And it's like, I'm busy. We've got other things in the schedule, man. And he's like, I oh, know, we need it now. And like, he'll show up at the door basically to get his fix. And I'm like, it, it was just, you know, it's, it's telling when, you know, we're, we're giving out an R&D product, right? It's, it's 
beyond pre-release at that point. It was it was an R&D product, still an R&D product officially, um, but the demand was already there, and that was was a little bit interesting, it was a little missing, bit telling. I think it was the missing link of any nutrient line. Yeah, it was. I, I think it is, and I think that like uh, I come from a background. You know this. I'm a tweaker. Like that's I know you've ran everything underneath the sun and combinations of everything and like we're always trying to perfect this craft always and I know that we're we're huge on that here, right? Like we're always trying to get better, continuous improvement. What can we do better? What can we do? And this is a huge piece to that, huge piece to it, huge piece. That's okay. that's the best part about working with this company, man. Is this R and D that we do on the backside and the you know, yeah, we're coming out with with fade, but like constantly trying different things and it's not just something that we just were like oh we're so, gonna go we're yeah. gonna make it well, and we're just gonna throw it out so there. you guys gonna drop a new bombshell or something else that you guys we'll see, are we'll see. possibly coming out with is there something let me shift around here let's see Brandon's eyes light up real quick my question that I was gonna ask him was I wanna know the frogs I thought I was leading into it I was leading into it you know but we'll we'll leave that for another time you know there's there's other things that we that we as opposed to confirm, test, and find out if they work and put out, there's a lot of things that, that just get tested to prove that they don't work. And that's stuff we just bury. 90% of what we test. We just test we and bury. We trash. Yeah, we just yeah. test and bury, test and bury, yeah. test and 90%. bury. 90%. I mean, there's no point in going out and saying we're the testing and The purple spray? <laughs> that was that's a cut. That no. was <laughs> yeah, but, you know, we, we do yeah. test and bury I mean, because, we had to try because it. there's a lot got, of stuff out there. I get there. it. That's what we do, though, right? Well, and, and we this, try. Yeah. We have to validate whether it's real or fancy. Well, and, and a like, lot of this comes down, you know, we obviously we partner with Jungle Boys heavily there. Everybody's sending them the coolest shit under the sun, right? They come up with some harebrained ass ideas, and I'll get a call from Roach, and he'll be like, Chris... Tell me, tell me about this. That's not how Roach sounds at all. But and he'll be like, "I need you to explain this to me." He was like, "Somebody's sending this DM over here," and and so we walked through it and we set up something to trial it. And you know, he's he's willing to jeopardize his plants, and and oftentimes it is jeopardizing on those ones. And it's like, all right, I'll send it to you, but this doesn't put my name on this anywhere. I'm like, this is we'll this test is it. this is someone else's bad idea, you know. But we'll test it because you never know. What if it works? We test everything. Yeah, I mean, we we run R and D's just to to see how it does and for the fun of it too, you know? Yeah. Like obviously we, we run it because we think it's going to do better or yeah. has a chance, you know, but... Or somebody like, told you it would. Yeah, true. But, you know how but, much of that, this industry's built on that. I know. Try this. Uh, I know. I've been I duped know. a million times. Oh, me too. All right, buy two supplements, get one free. Dude, we've got storage units full of shit that just, you know, tried and can't get rid of it, so... Yeah. Interesting thing with Fade that I've seen at, at my spot is that you look at some cultivars and they'll yellow out. But others get dark purple-black. Yeah. Have you seen that too? Yeah, and I, I've noticed, like, it's... So what... <laughs> there's something crazy, like, you, you can... A lot of people do it when they start to, like, add, like, colder water and they start to, like, do certain things. Like, I'm not changing anything different. But, like, there's a couple of varietals that I have that, like, I've never seen them, like, change. Like, I have some with, like like crazy black leaves and then all of a sudden now they're starting to like yellow out from the like inside out but just like running streaks down the line and i'm like fucking hey you know like it's like it's crazy it's like art expressions, you know, you the expressions i'm seeing are 100 percent different yeah so like all my manipulations before at the end of flower running running pro line for for years were based on environment taking temps down really cold Taking my humidity down to get that to get that that ex, that color exchange that I wanted to get a lot of that's what I've relied on for the expression, 
right? I'm getting that, like these rooms I'm taking down, I'm not even dropping my temps that low. I'm running like 73, 74 degrees. I'm not even going as low. I used to get into like mid 60s, low 60s to really try to get that black, that purple. Yeah. I don't even have to do that. No. I got rooms that are like day 50 just, just already just out. purpling and falling yeah. over at 76 degrees. Yeah, I was a little worried because I did take a room down a little bit and I thought I was going to turn some weed black for a second because how, how dark it was going. Yeah. I'm not I, like, I'm like, oh, did I just fuck this up? Yeah. You know, like, it's a lot of lights. You know, but, the, uh, the OG it, it worked out fucking <laughs> phenomenal. So, it's yeah, it's well, that's what I thought. And it was like, no, it's just like that's where the expression took it to. It brings yeah. out their true genetic yeah, expression. That's, yeah, that's what I think the difference is in this product, that it actually brings out what it, it's supposed the full to be. talent so what, of it. So what EC are you running right now with Fade? 3.0. 3? Just all the way to the end? What so you? that's what I'm experimenting. I've done the taper. Yeah. So I've done the taper. And now I'm doing the 3-0 all the way through. And the 3-0 all the way through is fucking banging. Like, and uh, uh, test results don't lie. I haven't smoked it yet. It's just actually getting cut right now at the facility at that 3-0. So yeah. uh, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> That's what we validated at. We did 3-0 all the, the whole run through. Yeah, yeah so yeah. the first no, run I did 3-0. Second run I tapered. This one's 3-0 all the way through with... Now the environmental is like how I normally run them because I didn't want to run anything too cold. Colder water at the end, like a couple different, you know, like yeah. that I normally had run through. Now I'm just trying to throw everything at it. And it's, I mean, like, I mean, colas are like, because uh, I even took it where I started like looking at the colas and like, uh, like cutting them to see if there was like any botrytis or anything. Because I'm like, this thing has to be fucking loaded. I mean, like, like this. Right? Yeah. Like, like uh, outdoor colas. Yeah. Indoor. Typical botrytis bud. Yeah. And yeah. then I'm cutting it open and I'm like, nothing. And I'm like, all right, I'm not going to go scavenge this room and like cut up everything. Tear off all the good ones. But like normally you would sit there and you'd something that you would think would have it, would have it, but it doesn't. I, I think I, that's I, with I, pulling I, the nitrogen. I just out. took down yeah. my first decent sized LED room for the first time, I think, ever. LEDs, I struggle more with, with botrytis than, than anything. D's uh, it not has never been as big of a case for me, but LEDs um, just present a, a different, it's, it's a different ball game, more biomass, way more biomass under LEDs. And when I say I, I get, I would get botrytis, I'm talking out of a 20 light room, I would end up with maybe like a quarter ounce. We're not talking like pounds. Right, but I mean, but, it but, have, it, it's something that you're normally not used to seeing. Not used and to seeing. But, but the swell that you get of those under but LEDs. Three, yes. three rounds in a row. No, three rounds in a row using fade and not either A, just going to water or, or B, pushing the, the nitrogen in the, in the core way too much and getting giant buds at the end of flower and hitting that senescence right and, and running it straight. At first time in under LEDs, I haven't got rot. Like over and over, three times in a row. Three times in a row in the same room. So it could have just be luck, maybe. But at the third time, I'm like, all right, like... There's, 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 I mean, and to your point, the, the magnesium, the iron and the, and the, and the calcium and keeping those ratios in check all the way. I think it's super important. Yeah. Super, super important. But yeah. the other thing that I'm saying is like, normally I would do like a heavy defoliation. I think that right now, I think I'm going to have a better on uh, yield percentage right now with not doing a heavy defoliation than doing a heavy defoliation so I can keep that nitrogen in that plant while I pull the nitrogen off. Yeah, pull it out heating. of the root zone instead, let the plant do its translocation. Yeah. I think I think that translocation is important for right. what you're seeing. Not just the lack of nitrogen because, yeah, you can get rid of it, you know, by defoliating, right? right. And that's part of what you're trying to do. But 
but actually forcing the plant to go, I have none in the root zone. I have to, I have to change my behavior, translocate nitrogen to finish the plant. I think that, that sequence of events is part of what we're attributing to, to the results. Yeah. You know, and I, without doing more, more scientific experiment and genetic work, I don't think we can prove that portion, but it seems to be true across the board for everybody who's trialing it. Right, but like, you know how Brandon was saying, like, you know, they get calls and calls and calls, like the number one thing, it's like hard to tell somebody because now you start to get, you put out an amazing product, right? So you put out the amazing product and then you have those guys that are doing their, you know, a default, like, at, like at, you know, either day 45, day 52, day 54, like a, in indoor so they pull all the, you know, large families during the whole entire thing, but then they're pulling out all that nitrogen that they actually still need because they're pulling the nitrogen off. Yeah, from the plant. From the plant. So it's almost, it, it's very hard, I can see on your guys' side of being like, hey, uh, this is this is when you're, because you're giving, it's funny when I talk to people and then they're like, oh, this is a feeding chart I have. And I'm like, so you're just following a feeding chart on any nutrient, not just like Athena, like you name it. And I was like, but you don't know what's wrong. You think you have this, so you're throwing more stuff at it. You know, like this is your deficiency. And it's like, fucking feed more. No, that's not my... Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's usually what it is. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Well, I'm running a 1.5. I don't know what the problem yeah. is. Right, right. But but the, the whole thing is, is that like I can see where you guys are at on that because like, and that was with talking with you downstairs when we we're um, having a, a bite to eat, and we we're saying like, "Hey, you know, like now instead to keep all that the actual nitrogen from the plant without defoliating, because we do it, so we'll do the heavy defoliation. So that way, when it comes to like actual harvest day, it's coming through. It already has its swell. It can just be cut, quartered, hung. You know, yeah. So uh, it's easier for us now. That's where laziness starts to come in because it's easier for us. So I'd rather have it." where this time we're running it all the way through, and then we'll have it where we'll either defoliate and the harvest days are going to be horrible. Sorry, guys, for everybody coming up soon, but or it's going to be, you know, uh, you know, maybe a day before and then pull it. And it would be fine at that point, right? right. I mean, you're not, there's not right. much happening at that. And when we did final validations of this, we changed nothing from the rest of the practice. Everything else was identical between the control and the fade plants. All the, all the cultural practices in the room were identical. So the defoliation was occurring at the same time. Everything was identical except for fade. So we're, we simplified it to follow feed chart EC3 all the way through because we want to make it simple for not just you guys in here, expert growers who love their plants and live in there every single day, but everybody else who's maybe not as savvy so that they can get in there, find a good starting spot, and then you know yeah. hone in those last three days. When are you going to defoliate now? Are you going to defoliate now? That's that's the number one thing. I think that's a, the thing that's going to resonate most is like, you know, you don't like my my lowers that I have like, and I don't really have lowers in the side of it. But a lot of people just kind of let it go, right? You know, we'll clean it up. But my lowers are like the expressions that the flowers are putting out now. It's crazy. Like it, it's just Looking different. <laughs> You know, it's 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 just like they actually, uh, you know, I won't say like top canopy finish. like nugs, but the finish of them, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, damn, you know. Yeah, they look they look finished, even if they're not going to be that's what I'm dense saying. and heavy, but they look right. They're yes. not just that light green fluffy lime stuff anymore. Yeah. 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 Well, we got some cool stuff actually going to be down at the show. So that's why I'm like smiling. You know, we're talking about the look and everything. Yeah. And like, there's some yeah. cool stuff going on. Yeah. And I, I met with Rob. With, I, I caught him on the way in, and I, I'm. 
happy with what we got going on down there. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be a it's good exciting. time. Yeah, good time. Uh, we were talking about Hoplite and Vira. We'll just finish with this segment. Um, but we were talking about Hoplite and Vira in Michigan. Is it a big problem out there right now? Fuck yeah. <laughs> Where, uh, is it, where isn't it yeah. a big problem? The, for the people who don't test, it's not a problem. Yeah, because they don't know. <laughs> See, the thing is, is there's, you know, my, my whole entire thing is, is that there's, and I'm not going to throw anybody on blast. I really would if this was like a, a different type of podcast and throw some names out there that like I really, I, on the Michigan side, that I really want to throw on blast. I'm still like friends with them. But if I ever saw like two of these guys, I would knock their fucking teeth out. Because I've purposely I, selling HLV, not yeah. Kidding. Uh, like what? So what they're doing is that they're claiming that they're getting negative tests, which they are, right? They're getting negative tests until they stress that plan out just a little bit, and then all of a sudden it's like exploded, right? And I had it happen to we we brought in some cuts from it. We tested it, thank God. But you know we've had some cuts where we've gotten in and like we got there and when we're like sitting there we're like. That doesn't look right. Just throw it, like you know. But but we have the test results from it. And it's like, okay, well, I'm done. Like trusting like anybody. It doesn't care who it comes from. Like, and it's going crazy because there's people like I, I literally just had somebody hit me up for a state licensed facility that wants um, uh, four thousand cuts. Their whole entire facility just got hit from it. And I was like, what do you mean you want 4,000 cuts? And then I was like, Dylan, hold on. I'm going to holler at you after this podcast. <laughs> um, Dude, it's, 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 it's crazy, though, because, like, it's, uh, there's, a, there's this, I don't know if you guys are MMA fans. I'm a huge MMA fan, and the Diaz brothers have this saying that, like, everyone in the UFC is on steroids. Like, fucking everyone's on steroids, you know, because there's that whole debate about steroids. And I feel like that way with HLV, with cannabis. Like, I'm like, no matter what you do, with how much cuts are sold, the rate that they're sold, how many legal facilities depend. I know I know a lot of facilities, they don't even veg. They depend on you or your clone shop, and I want flats of clones, and you're opening yourself up for that, that possibility of of just of damage, right, from from this from this virus from this virus. And and like I test and, and we test and we test, but sometimes I feel I'm like, the best thing I can do is use my eyes, be super sanitary. And, and try to practice, and, and, and when I bring things in, segregate them, because I've tested things through Toomey, I've tested things locally, I've tested and tested and gotten different results, left and right, left and right. I've had something test positive that I've ran and was the strongest plant and never, and then I've tested that through another organization and it was clean. I've tested stuff that passed and then we ran it and it studded out, right? So I've just seen so many inconsistencies as well. I just, it's, it's, a, it's a huge problem. I think it's a plague. I, I think the only thing we're going to have, you have to make Maristem tissue culture a standard, period. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Maristem is the key word. Yeah. Maristem, Maristem tissue culture has to be a standard in the industry. 100%. At every single facility, anywhere, if they're bringing cuts in, if they're, everything comes from Maristem tissue culture. Right. It's mm -hmm. the only way it's going to be able to be fixed. And I honestly, I don't even know if that's going to fix it. I think it's so far past at this point in time with breeders that have bred with it and have it going on right now. I mean, there's studies coming out that they're finding it in seeds. Lots of lots of diseases are spread via seed coat. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so you have to do yeah, seed, seed coat sterilization. But you you get what I'm saying. The oh, yeah. well, on top of that, I, so I think you know some of my background, right? UC Davis yeah. heavily, um, and we fought with disease all day long. People were keeping 
uh, lineages of plants for decades that were just contaminated. And sometimes you would have to grow them just so they could get the genetic expression out of them um, because they needed to basically just turn over the next generation of plants. And so you'd do seed treatments. You'd have to accept some of it. You'd have to cull plants. We would do batch testing. You know, you'd test, take 40 plants together and test them all as one. And if that batch failed, then you'd throw all 40 of them out. And like, you know, you got to get efficient with your testing also. You can't test every cut, but you got to find a way to do it. But, you know, there is a way to clean up plants. It's just not simple. You know, I mean, there's entire industries built around cleaning up plants and genetics. That's, you know, go look at the wine industry. You want to see what it looks like? Look there. Because that's, that's been a huge part of what they do, is giving out clean stuff. You know, and I'm, I'm using the wine industry because I'm from UC Davis as, as my background, but, you know, they have a foundation plant program. They provide clean plants. You know, and it's a big deal, and they fight viruses all the time. And this is multi-billion dollar industry also. High value crops, you know, it's, it's there. It's much more mature, and they're still fighting that problem. This industry doesn't have that kind of support right now. And yeah. everybody's, everybody's a good grower. They exist. We have great genetics. We don't have a lot of the foundational work on the other side. And I think that's, if this, if this industry is going to mature in that direction, that's going to have to happen. Yeah. You know? How I mean, did they do it at UC Davis? Tissue culture was a lot of it and testing. And they would cycle through again. So the original stuff, um, before they did a lot of the genetic testing, uh, they would actually use rating scales. So a lot of these nurseries started this work back with different flowers. They were looking for viruses. And they would take it in and they'd basically do duplications in tissue culture. And they'd have a one through four rating system. They use the best sensor on the planet, the human being, and that's what they do. They'd look at the plant, they'd make a judgment call, and then they'd bring it back in and re-tissue culture. Now they can do it a little bit better. They'll take tissue culture from, you know, a couple cells from a meristem, you know, and then sometimes they'll treat it with uh, different antibiotics or antiviral chemicals to try to clean it up and kill the disease off. And then you start with a couple cells of meristem. Meristem is where it's at. Yeah, you really have to. I mean, otherwise there's too many cells. If you're yeah. getting something, you know, even a micropropagation's too big. You got to get down there, like tiny. You know, and that's, mm -hmm. and then you got to come back from that. It takes months. You know, it's, it's a slow process, but that's probably the only way you can truly get past it. You know, some of these, sometimes you can also breed, make a cross, and if it's a, a disease that's not transmitted inside the seed and only on the seed coat, then potentially you can do seed coat treatments and you can get some things going on there. But obviously, if you're making crosses, you just change your genetics, you know? It's a clone-heavy industry. I know for a lot of, like, you know, for me, not being in the legal market, like, you know, I'm, I'm a... I'm a caregiver grower, you know, and like I've had anywhere from 10 to, you know, a couple hundred lights and anywhere in between. And like, I don't, it's like for me, like when I start thinking about like this other avenue thing I got to think about now, it used to be just like mildew and bugs. That was all I had to think. Now it's like this whole virus thing. It gives me a headache. Like when I got to start thinking about it, I got to, I looked, I got quoted the other day, like 50 grand to put this lab into my barn. What, right? what kind of lab? A full tissue culture lab. I had this company come out, 50,000 50, fully outfitted, and then I would have had to hire somebody to pretty much run that. Well, I don't have the time to do that, right? 50 G's is cheap. But, but, um, yeah. 50 G's is cheap? 50 G's, but yeah. it was a big room. It was For all the equipment, the culture? mini splits. Yeah, there's a lot of people in Michigan that are trying to do that and get in full tissue culture and to be able to do it. It's getting the varietals in, right? But other than I'm talking like what, how I've had, we've had a couple of people come talk to us like, it's not just like the hood, it's not this, it's not that, you know, like it's, there's a lot of other equipment that they're trying to bring in and do that. And then starting. Well, the, like, it's either that or you pay, like I was, and I have, you know, in my stable right now, and I know I have more than most, but probably somewhere between 60 to 70 different genetics. So if, if I got to get on a monthly testing plan, what am I looking at? I looked into it. I'm spending thousands a month oh, to send in to either Toomey or Deep Roots local to continue to test cultivars 
And then what's the best practice with that? I, I would just take clones and from a small plant, I'd take it as early as I could, take my sample and send it in. And then, then two weeks later, I read something online that says, oh, you gotta take it from my big plant and here. So it is, the headache, it just gives me as, as like a guy that's just trying to survive, right, in the industry. I think for you, I think for you and having a genetics business, you and Mobile J, I think tissue culture, the 50 grand's worth it all day. Oh, oh it, it is. It is. And it's something that we're gonna it's something we're gonna do for sure. It's either that or I'm just gonna you, go back to like monocrop and gorilla glue. You, I mean, <laughs> no, no. I mean you, you, you no. have to because <laughs> it's the worst thing I've heard all day. The the insurance policy on yes. if you because you any tissue culture, you have tissue culture, you could do Maristem tissue culture. It's 100%. just it's just a process. Yep. Right? Well, we want to do it on our own genetics that we're bringing. Yeah. hundred yep. percent. That's I'm looking at the future of like you know, but there's but there's a lot of home growers that we deal with too, like that have been decimated. I mean, I got you know six, eight like guys that like they're 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 like can't pay their mortgage now because they got HLV, yeah. and I got to go tell them, hey, well, you should get a lab. It's gonna cost you like fifty grand. You know, you know what I mean? And they're and it's just now you got to worry about it from seed, and it's like, I mean, it's decimated. I know some people that, that that's decimated some of my friends, like small 10, 12 I grows where they're that's how they make their their money to support their family, and it's like. Shh. You know, and then they spend six months trying to diagnose what's wrong, taking runoff numbers. This was a year or two ago. We didn't know it was as prevalent in the industry. You know, they're taking runoff numbers for, th you know, three, four weeks thinking it's something they're doing. Why, yeah. why are their plants studying? Why is it, you know? Yeah. Um, yep. Well, it'd be nice to see if you could have something like uh, if someone would come out, even a, a non-Maristem uh, like TC, to be, like, affordable to people because a lot of people don't know who to reach out to. There's not a lot of like open tissue culture facilities that are, you know, like caregivers would be like, oh, here, I'm sending this here, I'm doing this. There's a lot of people that are doing it themselves, you know, but there's not enough education out there. Non-Maristem, though, that's the thing. Maristem, it has to be at, on like, at least on the commercial level. Nah, I mean, does Maristem has to be on a commercial level? Depends on how good you get. I mean, and it doesn't, it depends on the size of your Maristem and how clean you can get. Could you, you know, teach Max how to do Maristem? Yeah, tissue culture. How's your eyesight? That's why you use a, a microscope. Yeah. The only yeah, thing yeah, that yeah. you need I mean, extra to do maristem tissue culture is a microscope. Yeah, right. and, and a, a steady hand in practice. Sure. You know, and, and then it's the follow-up. You know, you're talking about how do you protect your genetics, right? I mean, that's that's a big deal and how, for, for you, it's going to probably come down to isolation, you know, securing a facility yeah. and, and yeah. getting it away, basically. And you're going to have to get in protocols in place because... A lot of the big places that provide genetics, they aren't actually testing everything every every month, every year. That's like you just said, wildly unaffordable. And the tests only have you know an accuracy of ninety percent. Well, that's not good enough anyway. So you have to come up with a different program, and you have to come up with rating plans. And and you know, we'll talk about this after the podcast too. But there's there's a lot of work that can go into it, and I can probably point you in the right direction to for programs you should replicate. Yeah, that would probably help you at least avoid eighty percent of the problems. You're right. It's a huge fucking headache. Yeah. Like. I, I grew plants in research greenhouses that were intentionally infected with some of the nastiest diseases in California, like tomato diseases in the middle of tomato country and rice diseases in the middle of rice country in California, and that was their goal. So we had to operate around them while keeping things that were adjacent clean and happy and healthy. And so I, I feel your pain when you say it's a huge headache because the people who do the work on that, they run around dirty-handed, touching doorknobs all day long and wearing their same lab coat in the place every day. And, you know, I'm having a heart attack and a headache. So, uh, you know, people training protocols, it's a lot of the work. And it, and it is huge work. And, you know, those genetics are your livelihood. 
So and then you just need to plan for what you do if they do test or they, they do have some problems. If you had your choice, would you put a tissue culture lab in your facility? I'd just outsource it at outsource that point it. in time. Why would you outsource it? Uh, just because it would be something more added on and less like, I, I, if I knew uh, I, there are some very reputable ones, right? Um, <clears throat> I think it's, it, I'd become too OCD over it and want to oversee the whole thing personally myself than trust somebody else if it came into that in the TC wise. You know what I think? I think that these dudes charging 50 grand brainwashed all of us. I, I think, think so too. I think they brainwash all of us into telling us that it's too difficult and you can't do it. That's what I think. I, I mean, that's... So they what, could charge us the 50 grand. So, like, personally yourself, what do you think? Green I mean, tax. you've done yeah. enough Maristem-wise. Yeah. Say again. Maristem-wise. I mean, you've, you've dabbled in it. Yeah, it's, it's doable. I mean, they teach, they teach undergrads to do it. All day long. It's really right. just about sterile technique. But what, what, yeah. what would the cost to put something, not just like the personnel to run it, the cost is something to put something like that together I mean, personally with the right equipment. You're culturing plants, luckily. And right. so then a lot of the expense and difficulty comes into different plants are much harder to initiate growth, right? Um, so it can take years for certain certain species of plants. If you get a meristem, it can take years. Uh, cannabis is not that. It's right. not going to take you years. You have to be patient, but there's nothing there's nothing that's actually going to stop you from doing it. Like, you already possess the skills. You just told me how anal you were about your room. We just talked about this beforehand, you right. know. We talked about some of the frustration, like, you know, what you deal with. Um, if you already have those qualities, you're qualified to do it. Right. It's just a matter of following a procedure, following a protocol, and that's what it comes well, down to. Well, having the proper SOPs, but, like, some, I'm just talking about, like, the cost. Like, what would you see the cost in placement? To do something like that. Five grand. Five grand? I mean, how nice would it be if Athena came out with your own uh, Maristem, uh, <laughs> you know? I'm just messing with you. No, I'm just messing with you. But, like, that's the thing is that I... Yeah, right. yeah, stoners, dude. Stoners. I, I, I think a lot of uh, the, the problem is is that it gets sold to that, and it's yeah. like that. And they're like, oh, well, here, you need well, you know, this try. hood. You need this. You need this. And then also, don't forget about all the HEPA filter vector. You know, like, yeah. well, nobody's willing to try. Everything. They've been terrified. Right. Everybody's been terrified right. because right. they think that failure is going to be some catastrophic thing. So you think failure, failure mostly comes down to you got to throw away some Petri dishes. Right. What, what is that? At the end of the day, that's not a huge failure, right? Then you try again. That just means that your protocol was a little bit off. But it's not like you created more disease. Right. You know, you didn't... The worst case scenario is just not that worst case, I think, is what it comes down to. It's time, without a doubt. But the flip side is, you know, the risk-reward, right? If you get it right, now you have a clean mother plant that you can take thousands of cuttings off of that you know are virus-free. Right. I mean, what's that worth to you? Hey, Chris, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Um, so, like, in a different industry... <laughs> Like you mentioned tomatoes or let's say leafy greens or anywhere else, are they going to go pay 50 grand for a tissue culture? Are they going to be like, dude, you're retarded and you're just getting, you're in, a, you're in the wrong industry? Is it, is it like industry to industry? For instance, like you can go by Rockwell, Grodin Rockwell, and a tomato farmer does not pay what we pay for Grodin Rockwell, right? Like I, I um, there's, there's, there's green tax is real, right? It, it is definitely a real thing. So sometimes, you know, even even when I was getting this this quote done, I did have that moment where I'm like, "Am I just getting treated like this because I fucking grow pot?" <laughs> I'll tell you right now, lab equipment, all this stuff is everything's gotten wildly expensive to some level. Right. You know, right. like because um, I always approach things and never tell people I need anything for cannabis. It's just for research. 
Um, so you're, you're getting a little bit hosed on that end, but what the size and scope is dependent on the difficulty of the tissue culture. Right. So for something that, that's more easily tissue cultured, it's gonna be a lot cheaper. Um, and then it comes down to, was it developed over years, like something like if you're doing like grapes, it's, it's a longer crop, I and mean, we're not talking about a short-term annual, it's gonna be a different thing you're shooting for, you know, and preserving genetics that are 100 years old or something. It's a different process. It might take two years to go from meristem to plant. That's a long time. So that is gonna be obviously a very different process and procedure. And so it's gonna be more expensive. If you're talking about something like tomatoes, you can grow diseased tomatoes, harvest the seeds, and just do seed sterilization technique for most of these things anyway. And then they'll just select the good ones. You know, like it's, it's a different process. So I think it really... <laughs> Mom, I told you not to call. Maybe you should it off. So since cannabis is such a fast-growing plant, it's relatively easy to do tissue culture. Tissue culture, uh, at least from what, what I've seen, you know, and talking with, with Jungle Boys and other people who do tissue culture and cannabis, it is not a challenge. You know, it's, it's mostly follow the procedure. It's sterile technique now. You're back down to sterile technique. And that's something that people can get trained to do. You know, that, that's, it's that simple. You know, and well, like I said, what's the risk? You throw away a few Petri dishes, you know? No, I hear you. I, I, I haven't even tried to think about it on the side because honestly, I get, I got more deterred. I, it wasn't the, the price. It was the length when I'm talking to people and they're like, oh, like we can, if I'm sending it out, they're like, oh, it's, uh, you know, six months to a year for you, like get it back, right? And are you going to get one plant back or what are they giving you back? I mean, I guess that's the real question too. That's the whole entire thing, you know, and then... Does come with a certification that it's clean? That's, you know, this is where all these... You for that, don't you? Yeah. Of course. And then it might be more months. Now, don't get And then they pay you, they uh, don't forget about the storage fee. The storage fee. The storage fee too. Yeah, they don't get me wrong. It might take that long. If you have Primo Genetics and you only have one plant and it is, you know, and it has virus, you might take multiple meristem cuttings to get to the results you want. You know, that might be a true case. If you want to save that genetic, that might be your only last choice. So then it might be longer, you right. know? That's, that's again, that's a risk, but it's, it seems worse if you have to outsource that and have somebody else do it. You know, then it's obviously more expensive, right? If you had your own lab, then it's just mostly a little bit of time. Um, and then the testing itself. But you're gonna be paying, if they're cleaning up a plant for you, you're paying for the testing also, because it's not like you're getting testing for free. They're gonna charge you double. Yeah is there to double tax. That's the way it's definitely gonna happen. So I, think I don't know, if it's available, I bet people would use it. I think a big one too sure. is retaining your, your genetic library because going up to my spot, I'm walking through the garden, I'm like, hey, where's the, where's the Sherpet? Uh, we got rid of it, low THC tester, beautiful plant. I'm like, man, fuck. Like, we, sh- we should have kept that. Right. And it's gone forever and we right. don't have it. Well, we could have, just done a tissue culture cut and held it on the shelf for two years and not touched it. Right, right. And it would have been fine. Man, that's sick. I don't think about that enough. Yeah. Oh, because you can. Because yeah. it may come back. Teammate THC numbers and it may not matter in 18 exactly. months. And you're going, fuck, where's that sherbet? Yeah. She was a banger in every other area. Yeah, right. but or right. you could be, you know, say you have a list of customers and everyone's asking for that sherbet. Like, okay, let's bring it back. Bring right. it out. Or if you get a better breeding program in place, like maybe you want to get that for some crosses. Like, there are reasons to preserve genetics for sure. Yeah, JB you know? does that pretty well. Oh, bringing back like, stuff, like they'll, they'll 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 rerun like a genetic they have in years. Yeah, I they, love that when they do they that. Have four to five hundred genetics 
Uh, it's a, exactly. In tissue if, culture, it's what two, three cloning racks, right? You know. If no, it's it's, it's yeah, a, how many petri dishes yeah, can you put in it? Yeah, that by that, yeah. you know, that wide. Sure. Yeah, and I mean, you need somebody to curate the collection for sure, you know. But it's not like trying to take more cutting. You know, you're just maintaining a population in a totally different fashion, and they're sealed. Nobody's touching the actual plant, so it's not getting re, you know, affected or infected by disease. I mean, think about it. You know, Jungle Boys does a cross, and they did it with a male. And the seeds that came out of that, they sold, and everyone's just producing some of the craziest fire from that male. Mm -hmm. But then they don't have the male anymore. Yeah. But now they do because it's all in tissue yeah. culture. No, I hear you, and it, it's. <laughs> You know, it, it's crazy on some of the varietals that people just like, oh, we lost that or, yeah. hey, it got let go or it did that. Because there's definitely some that, like, I let go 10 years ago that now I'm just like, damn, I really wish I had that cut. And yeah. even though it's a cut from 10 years ago, doesn't matter. It's just like I still, you know, could have done something with it. And I think that's the other thing with, uh, like, hash strains. There's a lot of things that people are overlooking on the hash-wise. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. Anytime I want something back, I just call Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. And then I'm just cross. I'm just crossing my fingers. I'm like, fuck. I hope I'm not giving out HLV. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you have a headache. Exactly. Oh, right? it's a fucking headache. I mean, I, I swear, I talk about HLV more than anything else. For sure. For sure. I, I mean, I understand. I know. I know. I know it comes with it. You know. So. No, I think the biggest two benefits are the clean genetics, and then storing your genetics for years without touching them. I never thought about that because right now, instead of having those 80, I'd have like eight. Yeah. The other 72, I'd be like, I'll bring them back next year. Yep. And they're sitting on ice. Uh, once you don't have to, yeah. once you've tested them clean, you have and clone it down and keep cloning. Your testing program just changed, right? Yeah. Well, but here, and I hate to say this, so like, okay, how is it for testing for you guys? You guys have, like, in here in Nevada, is it stringent? microbial and THC and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Have you guys visited your testing facilities that you guys go to? Like, has anybody, have you personally visited? No, I, I haven't personally, no. Okay, so I, I, I visited a couple of testing facilities in Michigan, right? So what they do is on Monday, like, you have your harvest, you get it, Yeah, it's all, you know, you, you get your, like, 14-day, like, we do a 14-day hang, and then after we do a 14-day hang, it's normally about another, like, 10 days of trimming, and then after that, it's like, make sure like while it's getting dropped, whatever gets dropped and bucked and trimmed at that point in time, then it just gets like bagged, and then it just gets opened after that with like the turp lock bags or whatever it is, till the whole entire harvest is done. The whole entire harvest is done, I just tell by just, you know, you have a hydrometer, you can do whatever, but feel good to test, right? That's where I wanted the moisture content. These assholes do, what I found out, is if you go in on Monday, what they do is they plate it first for microbials. But they put your shit in a refrigerator. They don't just do, like, straight, like, oh, here, we're going to test for THC. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. 
So if you get it on Monday at the end of the day, they put it, they and they don't plate it. They put it in, let's say they pull it out on Tuesday morning. So then whatever moisture content that you have in there, it goes three days, four days in there, and then they test for THC, maybe on day five. So it's sitting in a refrigerator, and I was like, that's where you keep my fucking weed? Yeah. You know, but that's what they have to do for sterile purposes. And I'm like, oh, shit. I was like, why don't you just test the THC content first at the moisture content? What Do you guys test to see what the moisture's at? And then they're like, well, yeah, you know, you know. There's, I think there's too many variables here on the testing market on the things because I was like, mm -hmm. you know, because they can't manipulate a sample and no one wants them to manipulate a sample. But when you're talking about a THC percentage, like a lot of us do, because even though you really probably love that flower, it probably yielded great, and it was a low tester. Yeah. That's the only reason it got X is because it was a low tester. Um, now let's say you talk to a testing facility and you're like, hey, I know you can't manipulate a sample. You can't physically like dry a sample down. You can't do that. But why can't you have like some crazy dehues that are inside this room just drying? Like you pull your sample out and as soon as you do that, it's like, you know, there's so many different variables that they're, that these testing facilities are doing. So there's some testing facilities that are getting crazy high THC percentage numbers and some that are getting low. Yep. Because they're doing those variables, <laughs> they're plating it right away. As soon as they get to the, uh, as soon as they get there, they're doing THC right away, and then they're plating it for the microbials for the colony forming units for it. But then there's other facilities that are like, oh, here we're going to plate it, and then we're going to leave your shit in a refrigerator for four days. I mean, how's that going to affect your actual potency from it? Are you sending out the same sample to two labs simultaneously from time to time just to kind of... Oh, yeah, so like we... How do you like those results? That pisses me off more than anything. <laughs> I know. I know how bad those are. We like, send out and, a and, lot of samples. So. But, but here's the difference here in, in Michigan. The lab comes there and picks the samples. So they physically come there. There's no fuckery on it. Like, you can't just be like, oh, yep. I'm putting this sample in the bag. Oh, these ones are going, like, here you go. Yeah, same one. Same, yeah. same here in Nevada. Yeah, they come but and it. there's other states that aren't like that. You send your samples oh. to them. Oh. They just roll it around in Keefe and send it on its way. That's, but, but you get what I'm That's saying? Like, there are, there are 52%. Right. We'll put a little too much Keefe on that one. Yeah. You know, the, that's that's what some state, states are doing. I mean, like, I've heard crazy shit from what people are doing, you know, drying it down to, like, 6% moisture content. And then, like like you said, like, keeping it, like, yeah. doing, like, whatever. But then I, I, I had a homie out in uh, OKC that did the exact same thing, and uh, he did it. Dude, his whole, everything failed for heavy metals because you have a chance, a higher chance of failing for I heavy metals. I heard OKC's like, like the, the wild, heat. wild west right now down mm. there, dude. So, yeah. Um, yeah. <sighs> I don't know. It's it's to let go of idols because of certain things like that. It's just heartbreaking because it's like, damn, that's some some of the best smoke that I've smoked in my life is like 16, 17 yeah. percent. Testing yeah. wasn't an issue until like the last couple of years. I'm a fan of low THC weed, lower THC weed. Mm -hmm. I like flavor, but mm -hmm. I get high as a kite these days. So I'm like, oh. yeah, me too. You guys get me fucking ripped and wasted. Henry's gonna be here. He's gonna get me shit faced yeah. in about one puff. Everyone's got to keep an eye. I know how this is gonna go. <laughs> He's gonna be like, look what I rolled you. You're right, it's gonna be a fucking hash joint only. Nah, this is a...
It's a good podcast, guys. Well, I appreciate you appreciate for uh, having us. Yeah, it's appreciate you guys week. coming yeah, on. Yeah, it's this just is, the beginning. We literally just start. got off planes. We're I'm fucking starving. Again? Hungry. We're going to go to... <laughs> starving. He wasn't lying. He said he was going to be People super hungry food. after this. Yeah. <laughs> no joke. It's going to be a big week. Tomorrow's the first day of the show. A lot of things dropping. We got three things dropping, and we're really excited about it. We've been working on it all year. Yeah. I need a break, buddy. Yeah. It's been a it's lot crazy, of work. I don't even no know worry. Hey, now. you don't know what it is? I don't know what it is. I mean, you're, I kind of have an idea. I, I, I got a hint. Oh, I, got, I, got, I got I had an inside. This, this makes it all worth it for me, though. You know? Yeah. This does. I didn't get confirmation, though. I just got to, I think, I got enough to just have dreams at night about what it might be. I just think I'm just, I, I just think the tip. for us, like. Just the tip. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's cool to do stuff that's real and that's really genuinely impacting people's lives in a major way. I want to ask you a question yeah. before we get done. Yeah. What, what's uh, your, uh, no, it's not about what's, what's being released. Um, what, what is your, what's your, uh, a, a passion? What's, what's your passion behind all this? Like, where, where does it come from behind all this? Because I think, it's, I think a lot of people just, I think I know, but I think that, uh, I just, I think it's something I want other people to hear where your passion comes yeah. from. Shopping at a hydro store, I think I was like 21, 22 and getting knowledge from the guy working the counter and. I go and I put all of my debt on credit cards to build a 16-liter, <coughs> rent a house, move out of my parents, you know, when I was like 19 and, you know, rented a house, put myself in a ton of debt on credit cards because I knew how to build my credit at a young age and saved up all my money to do this and get advice from the guy behind the counter at the hydro shop. And I'm not saying all hydro shops are like this, but you're relying on the information given by that person, right? And you go and you put your life on the line and you throw it all in and it flops. And you go and you look for more knowledge and flops again. And you just, next thing you know, I'm $200,000 in debt because I've been spending money on nutrients and fertilizer and rent in his house while trying to run a small pressure washing business that I, you know, was I was pressure washing and cleaned windows, right? That's That was my main business where I made money. Like decks and stuff? Like I pressure, pressure washed, like, gas stations. Nice. Malls. Nice. Yeah, I had, like, two trucks. I'd work from, you know, I'd start about midnight and get off about 3, 4 in the morning. Sometimes later, it just depends go run my hydro shop, check in, try to sleep a little bit in the middle of the day, do some lights, run some, had some lights. And I just think that from my personal experience, losing everything and having to file bankruptcy because of the knowledge I was given and how much I invested into this grow, these different grows and putting it all on the line and just failure after failure, like I don't want anybody to go through that shit. And so when, so when we're giving out knowledge as a company, I think what drives me and I, th I think you as well and you, our For team, sure, dude. is driving, driving other people's success. Yeah. I mean, the reason why I started my Instagram was to go find knowledge. You know, I was on the forums back in the day, Ivan, you know, all these guys. 
And um, I took this job to help the next guy, you know? Um, it's, I was in a lot of these guys' shoes, you know? And I put out information just, just to help people, and, and that's why I have the Instagram following I do. Whether you use it or not, whatever, but I just like helping people. So that's why I took this job, you know? And it's, it's been a blessing, man. Yeah, it feels good. Great company, dude. There's a lot more important things in life than money. No, there's there's time. There's it's in a helping people of, when of, you can of do hard work. That's period. You know, and passion. Like the 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 one thing I love about uh, you know working working with this group, and and one thing I res I've always respected because I knew you were going to say something along along those lines. It's it's and now now when you just said that story, now I now I know. I just instantly thought of Owen. He's not here. But Owen's story that he told last year about going to Home Depot and going in debt on a credit card to build his grow. Yeah. Now, now I knew because he's like, Brandon sent me lights. And so I just all, all these things, they just make sense to me now about like what you probably saw in him when you heard his story, right? Because you were there, yeah. right? You don't want to see anybody else go through what you had to go through and you don't want to see him go through what you just went through. Yeah. And I'm the same way. Yeah. You know what I mean? I take time out of my day to try to like press this this information this collective knowledge that we have as a group <clears throat> on people if they want to accept it because like you don't have to stumble you don't have to fall and like we'll be here to help you you know and, and we're gonna and we're gonna put in the time like even with fade we put in almost a year's worth of collective stuff behind it's not just a white bottle that they're gonna see in a five gallon jug right it's like round after round after round where we're risking crops we're like we're gonna fucking do this we're gonna make it right we're gonna keep trying you know, just just to put something collaboratively, collaboratively together, you know, because we want we want we want to produce better stuff for for everyone. It's fucking sick. I think Athena as a whole, the villain of the the villain that we're up against, is is misinformation. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's that's what we're fighting. Damn, that's deep. I mean, like really, when you actually look, think about that, I never really. I mean, that is. It's a problem a lot of things that I, I, I've personally myself seen and talked with people that are running certain things. And they'll message me and I'll answer it. I'll be like, hey, what's going on? And I'll give it time. My wife hates it, like absolutely hates it. But uh, it's I know personally I've changed quite a few people's lives uh, from being, uh, uh, because they put in the time to it. I, I gave them the pieces, they put it in the time. So not just like, oh, I changed it just from spending like, and I'm talking months. Like, there's a guy over in Africa, right, that, like, this is what he does, right? So I actually got some cuts out to him, believe it or not. And he's like, Respect. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Africa? In Africa. Oh, all right, Dan, you're the clone plug. Hey, Chris, this guy's the clone plug. No, Africa. Bro, no. Get a hold of him. Now they got you on recording of this shit. Right, right. Well, <laughs> hey, it's all good. There's, uh, There were hemp. But, uh, you know, like the whole entire, that shit's legal, I think, in yeah, Africa, anyways. Yeah, uh, something like that. Yeah. But the whole point is, is like, it changed his life, right? Yeah. I mean, the guy's probably trapping like crazy now out there. But the, he didn't, like, he had this, like, uh, it, like, Would you send him Cushman's? Cup. Huh? Would you send him Cushman's? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that dude's just pounding on Africa. Right. It's full oh, of Cushman's, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Cushman's. I, I'm serious, I yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> That so, Cushman's one, dude, that's the highest testing THC we have right now. Yeah, but it also smashes at the same. I mean, shit, yeah. Greg's gonna be here in a little bit, anyways, yeah. too. But um, that that one, that one smashes on yield, it smashes on everything. The whole point is, is like, 
it changed this guy's life. And to be able to do that, like where you're just saying, I mean, I had it where, I mean, I got, at one point in time, I got a pistol up to my head and I got robbed of like 15 units and I needed that money to pay my electrical and then like make my money that I was gonna make for like everything at that point in time. And then I'm like coming home and I'm like, what the fuck am I gonna do now? Like how, how am I gonna hustle in order to like make this like I have like five days and lights are turned off. Like, how am I going to put this together? Like I needed that. And then it's like, made it happen, right? Yeah. So that's just where it comes from. So I resonate from that. Oh, I mean, that's a big thing. Cultivators have so much adversity. If you really think about it, I mean, we're, we're worried about the law. How do we pay this electric bill? It's too high. Do I pay it in cash or credit card? trying to find the right place to cultivate, worried about the landlord, you know, you're worried about... HLV. <laughs> <laughs> All these factors. Everything you said, actually, he just heard HLV. Yes. <laughs> so the one thing that you don't want to worry about is the information that you're getting from the yeah. company that you're buying from. For yeah. sure. And that's always been our thing, right? I mean, yeah. it's the disinformation. You know, I, I sat here, and for me, this is how we found each other, right? And I want to go back a little bit to that is everybody in this whole company loves to help people, like almost to a fault, right? We'll all, you talk about your wife getting mad, I'm sure we've all had that conversation with our significant others. Right. right? Of like, why, why now? Because they need help, but now is when they need help. Right. And, but that's just what we do, you know? I mean, that's part of our culture entirely, and that's why we're all here, right? We want to help. And part of that is getting rid of the misinformation, right? The BS, the 32 <laughs> bottles, all of this thing. 140 different greenhouses and research projects, and nobody grew a single research plant with any of that bullshit. Zero. You formulate across the board, and no single scientist believed they needed any of that BS. So, turns out you don't need any of that BS, and then you grow fire crops. So I, you know, for me it was frustrating. That's what got me into this, was that I just, none of it lined up. You do actual science, you do actual research, and it all says you do this. And then you would go and look at the cannabis industry and they'd say, do all this. And it was none of this. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell to make of all this. And like, you know, it's a, it's a shock when you're like, I go to the grocery store, same thing. I'm like, what is, none of this works with what's supposed to be done. And then it's migrated, right? And slowly just keep pushing the same, tell the truth, give the right information, let the grower do their job and stop fighting them for clean, being able to do a simple, good job. Clean, simple nutrients yeah. Yeah. With, with, with the right information behind it. Yeah, with, yeah. with proven results and, and, and a track record of, of, of testing things. You don't have to add all of those things. My, like, grand, my okay. grandpa used to say, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. That's, yeah. Like, yeah. that's what he'd tell me. Yeah. They'd be like, huh? Yeah. Did you just call me stupid? So, yeah. so like, yeah. I think there's a misinformation, too, with Athena, because I got a lot of people that hit me up, and they think it's, like, some comp. I'm like, I don't know what other nutrients you guys have ran. This is the easiest thing I've ever done in my life. Seriously. No, it is for sure. It, it, they're like, I don't understand your stacking, and I see Max's chart. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, let's back up a little bit. As far as the, you know, the feeding chart and the inputs, it is the easiest thing. So easy. Well, that's, so simple. The nutrients are simple, and so that way you can focus on those other pieces right. that are going to do the work. Right. Nutrients should be simple. We help you focus on the plant stacking, easy, yep. different cultivation techniques. Yes. That's that's yep. more of the work that we're trying to help you out. Right. It should be simple on the nutrients. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to bring. That's out there. Kind of want to talk about pro and blended a little bit too, kind of coming off that, you know, you talk about simple. They are simple, don't get me wrong, but 
blended is simple. You know, like you can push no runoff, heavy runoff, and you're going to see good results. Pro, you know, there's there's a fine line. You could push little to no runoff for three days, and your EC is high in the medium, which is it's not a bad thing. It's a really good thing. You know, you could stack like you know heavy bud sites come stretch doing that. So you got to obviously play around with it, but bro, like the stuff itself is it just kills it no matter what. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's going to be a long week, guys. Yeah, right? Yes, sir. I'm excited for it. All right. Appreciate it. Let's go get some food. Yeah, yeah. rock on. All right. Oh, thanks, guys. Good one. <laughs>